0: think you were on about two months ago i don't know i i'm trying to mix it up with guests but i really really wanted you back um now to talk about the watch Uh, well needless to say i have a full range of opinions about it right uh and renee and i last week just more or less skipped it because we already filled up two hours with just the iphone and and etc um i forget if i said this to renee or if i put it in my review but I really do. Th- I understand. I think I put it in my review, but I understand why Apple did it that way in terms of the event, you know, phone, Apple Pay, and the introduction of the Watch all at once. But it really, to me, gave short. What's the word? Shrift. Sh- what's the word? Short. Short shrift to uh, to the iPhone six. To me. And I understand why they did it, but but boy, and as a writer, someone trying to get a handle on all of this, it it was just impossible, you know, and you get, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes after the event to talk to Apple reps, and there was just no way, It, it always seems to go by fast, and I always come up with questions, good questions, as soon as I'm out of, you know, and the event is over, but this time it was just impossible. It was like I did. I really felt like there was no way to ask all the questions because I wanted to. I wanted an hour to talk about both things, you know, the phone and the watch. You think? Look at all the kind of
1: bad news um, that the phone has gotten this week. And obviously, it's an annual tradition that there's some sort of. Um, some sort of gate, you know, every year. Uh, Apple Spotlight had a great post on this saying that basically everyone comes down to people not understanding physics. Um, but <laughs> if you think about it, the, the phone never got the positive cycle in some ways. Yeah. Because it was just the, the week where everyone's talking about the phone was drowned out by everyone talking about the watch. and But it still got the negative cycle. I, mean, I don't think it's going to hurt. I don't think it's going to hurt it really. But it's interesting that the whole cycle has been kind of um, upset a little bit.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, and you know, it's you know, I guess we're coming up on three weeks since the event. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it feels yeah, it'll be three weeks come Tuesday. So, you know, it just still feels like the iPhone. Yeah, it just never got the the positive part. Everybody was so you know into the pay and the watch in the first week. Uh, then there were just a few days, you know that that brief period between when the review um, uh, embargo is over and then when people actually get their hands on their phones, you know, Friday morning, uh, and then that was it, you know. Yeah,
1: it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I obviously, uh, well, I, we should talk about it more—the whole iPhone and watch being together—because I, right. I thought pre-event it made a lot of sense. Um, because I went into the event looking for the watch to be more of a phone accessory, and that was some of my criticism of the event was that it, the way it was presented, it wasn't really an accessory. It needed it, but it, but it wasn't. Um, but if that's the case, then maybe they didn't need to necessarily be presented together. Um, so I, there's, it's actually really interesting to think about the the kind of the the optics perspective of how they introduced
0: both products. They didn't need to be introduced together. And part of why they didn't need to be is that the watch does work with, I think all the way back to the 4S or at least to the iPhone five, maybe it's just iPhone five, but, uh, you know, at least two, two years of existing iPhones, you know, I think Tim Cook said there's at least a hundred million people out there that already, even before the iPhone six hit already owned an iPhone. That's compatible with the watch. Um, So they didn't need to, like, I think maybe if, you know, there's a story that came out this week that from the information that, you know, that Apple had been hoping to actually have the watch on sale this year, uh, rather than just announcing it and, and hoping that it comes out early next year, would they say they'd be lucky if it came out by Valentine's Day. Um. Which is interesting, but not surprising to me. I mean, of course, they would rather have it come out sooner rather than later, you know. And like everything in all of us do, most things end up taking longer than we had hoped. <laughs> yeah, we sh- this is where we note that,
1: well, we're running an hour late, which, which is fine because I'm a writer, too. So I can appreciate, you know, you just need to wrap it up. But then I realized it's about Derek Jeter, and I was much more conflicted in my, uh, in my emotions. Oh, that—that uh, that was the hold up, waiting to
0: start the podcast.
1: Yes, which is fine. Actually, I—I I, I appreciate Jeter and all that went down. Until you wrote in the article that uh, it's been so long since the Yankees won, and meanwhile, I'm sitting here as a Milwaukee Brewers fan. We've never won anything, and just sil- silently resenting you. Yeah, they really crapped out this year too. Oh, it's so brutal. It's weren't they
0: brutal. They were like twenty games over five hundred at one point.
1: I don't know. I don't know if it was that many, but they. I mean, they had like a ten game lead in their division or something. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 it's
0: it's the Brewers. Yeah, let's not talk about. Them. <laughs> uh but I do think it helped though, and that's why you know I even said last week with Renee, it's why a month prior in August that I sort of hinted that I thought the watch would be announced at in the September event is that it's combined with the fact that they do kind of go along with each other. And if they were going to talk about like health kit and, you know, uh, the M eight, uh, thing on the phone and fitness tracking, they certainly are companions, you know, siblings in that regard, you know, that the, the information that's going to fill up the health app, is, you know, going to come from those two sources, going to come from the phone, it's going to come from the watch if you buy the watch. Um, but it's also, to me, about how you set up the next event, which I expect, to, you know, sometime in October, you know, as, as per the previous three years, where they'll do new iPads p- and give Yosemite a proper, you know, public unveiling.
1: Right, and it would have definitely made even less less sense there as as i right. think you've noted. Um i guess uh, what w- what's the more the thing is is like i mean so i've i've had an evolved position on the on the watch. I was initially um quite critical thought it should be much more focused and limited. Now i think it's much more ambitious than i at first realized and not only that i think that's probably the right move to establish the category which i'm sure we can get into in a little bit. Yeah. But but the fact that it was introduced with the phone only reinforced the the sense that it's that it's a companion for the phone. But the event itself presented it that it wasn't, and so like there ended up being actually I think more cognitive dissonance than than had it been at a separate event. Like even maybe it would have been awkward at another time, but here it was just it was just kind of strange, and I think yeah. it almost it, it muddied the message that I think they were sending.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. And I'm not sure whether that's a mistake or not. I feel like we have to wait and see how this plays out. And it may not hurt them at all. But I do think it was, it, the, as the time goes by, and I I, I want to talk about this, because I think it's been an interesting three weeks where no no new information has actually come out, right? I mean, uh, yeah. all we don't have any more information than what Apple told us and published on Apple.com on Tuesday, September 9th. But I feel like a lot of us have our our understanding and, and expectations for the watch have changed significantly, you know, yours publicly, you know, from what you wrote initially to what you've published this week. Uh, and mine too, even, you know, even since from what I wrote a week after the event, um, uh, You know, and I was listening to. uh, I know there's another one that just came out today. Before uh, I didn't get to listen to, but I was listening to the last week's episode of uh, ATP, and I thought that if you know, I assume that most people who listen to this show or there's a large overlap between the audiences. But if you you know are only an occasional ATP listener, episode 83 was a really good one for the watch because it was to me it was ATP at its best, where the the three of them were not in agreement and in and in a lot of ways no no two of them were in agreement on a lot of the issues surrounding the watch right um uh, which i you know made for a great discussion and they they worked their way into and out of a whole bunch of the problems surrounding the watch and and their understanding of it so that was a good one and I, there's a couple of points I thought of listening to it just that I wanted to talk to you about no, I agree it, it was a great one um
1: Especially uh, totally inside baseball when when uh, Casey took on Marco was uh, was was a highlight.
0: Yeah, that um, was the, the irony <laughs> of it was that I've, the, of the three, the one who I agreed with the most was Casey. I think Casey uh, Casey got it in a way that I'd feel like the other two didn't. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, I mean, we're
1: basically Marco was was saying how could you make an expensive item, and Casey pointed out that Marco drives you know a custom imported M um, five, right. which which I think is is spot on i mean we we go i know both you and i have gone back to the car analogy on multiple occasions just because it's 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 such a great one like it makes it makes so much sense like there is no quote unquote reason for a bmw to exist there's no reason to drive an m5 on u.s highways um but people do it and they do it because it's it's giving them benefits beyond like the technology underneath it it's 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 about. It's more about utility. It's funny. Like I just mentioned the Jeter thing. I, I would imagine this is your argument for why people like Keith Olbermann are wrong to criticize Jeter just on stats. I, I would. i Let me put words in your mouth. Like there's a contention that there's more going on here than just what you can count with numbers and it's absolutely the same sort of thing with any product but particularly with something that you're that you're wearing that you're displaying to the world there's so much more that goes into it than the actual technical utility of what it does or what it does not do
0: this is such a classic talk show because it keeps coming back to jeter and the yankees (laughs) but i do so i don't want to go we have so much watch stuff to talk about and i know that there's a bunch of you out there who listen who when the sports stuff comes up you guys start like looking for fast forward buttons so i'm not going to go sporty sports on it but the the, the gist of it is so keith olberman is a I uh i like him i'm a huge fan of his work he's but he's you know not really a straight news guy and maybe never really was but he's more of like the the tv equivalent of a sports columnist he's an opinion guy and he had a, a rant on his show on espn last week uh um uh, more or less saying no Derek Jeter is you know maybe a fine guy but he's not one of the greatest players who's ever played the game and everybody keeps going on and on about how one of the all-time greats is retiring and that is not and I you know not to put words in his mouth but his argument came down to look his stats just his stats are very very good but they are not all-time great and I to me it's exactly like the people like the android people who everything is about specs you know and it's yeah, hey, the a8 isn't that great because geez it's still only dual core we've been you know every every top flight android phone has been quad core since whenever you know they're up at two gigahertz and apple's still down clocking them to one point whatever gigahertz and you know, only one gigabyte of Ram they've been on, you know, and, and on and on spec wise. And it's like, if that's, if you want to judge the iPhone compared to the HTC one or Samsung's galaxy note or the galaxy alpha, whatever it came out today, based on a that classic tech review checklist style, you know, how fast is the CPU, how much Ram, what is the benchmark on this or that? Uh, you you know you're never gonna get it. You're not gonna get the difference between what Apple's trying to do and I think has largely succeeded year after year after year doing. You're not gonna get it. You know, and I you know if that's the way your mind works, that's why you're an Android guy. You know, and you're happy for it. You know, I'm glad that you know Android is is as successful as it is for you. But you you know you're you're trying to judge the iPhone on the wrong thing, and that's exactly looking at Jeter that way. It's exactly the same way. It, it, no, I I agree, and and I, if
1: I'm going to continue the Jeter thing just for a moment, I mean, I think I I've I've come around on it and, and for the same reason, and like the defense is like one thing, right? Jeter is widely criticized for his defense, and according to the stats, uh, rightly so. He's he's not like he always makes the routine play; he never makes mistakes, but he doesn't have great range. Doesn't get to all, as many balls as he can. Um, yet the most iconic Jeter play is a defensive play, um, where in the playoffs, in a best of five series, the Yankees were losing two zero and he makes this like totally just kind of random play to catch a misthrown ball and flip it to home plate and get the guy out, basically saving the game and saving the, saving the season. And, and what, what I like about that, and yes, it's, it's very cliche and, and it's almost too neat in some ways. Um, But that's Jeter's career in a nutshell, I guess, Um, is in the grand scheme of things, like the, the, the defensive measures like run saved or over average or something like that. I don't know exactly what the wording is, but yeah. that one run was worth like a thousand runs saved in the, in the regular season.
0: Right. And, and it was it, it was a playoff game against the Oakland A's in, uh, oh, geez, 2003, uh, 2001. There. 2001 oh yeah yeah 2001 yeah and the Yankees ended up they didn't win the World Series that year actually but it right. was it was in that emotional uh the everything was pushed back a week because of 9/11 having occurred on you know that year uh in New York uh, it was in Oakland which is a crazy ballpark and, and they were down to zero and it was a best of five right. series so if they right. lost that game they were they were done right and it's just an errant throw to home you know and it missed the cutoff guy who was supposed to be the first baseman and it Jeter had no reason to be there there's no reason for a shortstop to ever be where Jeter was but he was there he saw it he saw the play you know yeah it's a great example it's an absolute great example or or look at the other two to me two of the other signature plays in Jeter's career the two times that he went flying into the stands to catch foul balls you know there was uh the one time it's like his face got so busted out, he actually had to come out of the game. His face was all you know, bloody. He looked like he'd been in a boxing match, but he made the catch. You know, I don't know. There's, he's made catches like that. You know, there's there's footage of him. You know, you can watch it. You can you know look it up on YouTube and see him make big game playoff catches, flying headfirst into the stands. Uh, you know, he's done it more than once. M- most guys finish their whole career and never make a play like that. So I totally agree. You can't measure it by stats.
1: It, it, this whole thing is a thing in sports in general, right? Because there's been a big statistical revolution in, 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 sports, um, breaking things down, particularly in baseball, where it's actually works the best because baseball really is a one-on-one game. It's not really a team game in some ways. Right. Um, and, uh, between the pitcher pitcher and batter. And I, I, in many respects, it's been good. It's been good for teams, teams that have adopted this approach have excelled, but like any sort of uh, analytical based um, thing, it, it gives you an advantage briefly, but it's it's co- it's easily copied. So now uh, almost everyone does it, and so the advantages are are less, much less than they were previously. And what ends up mattering then, and you see this in, I think, uh, probably more basketball, which is the sport I follow more closely um, than than in baseball, is uh, the importance of lots of the intangible stuff, like how a team works together, like how how stuff shifts back and forth. Um, so you had a team you know, last year like the Spurs winning the title despite not being the strongest team on paper. And it's because there's clearly like something else going on. And, right. uh, and I think that's so much of that applies to um, if you think about technology in general, previously in the 80s, um, in the 90s, uh, businesses were buying it. And the idea is someone, the person who buying it was different than the person who's using it. And that sort of scenario lends itself to feature lists, lends itself to price competition because the user experience is completely divorced from the buying experience. Yeah. But now when it's more in the consumer space, all these intangible things, like what it's like to use it, how you feel when someone sees you pull it out of your pocket, like all these little bits and pieces that you can't really measure become much more important and as that's happened Apple has benefited and as devices have become more personal as devices have become with us more often Apple has benefited and you do something like a watch that's very visible and is with you all of the time I mean a- Apple I would imagine is is salivating at the opportunity because it fits so well with their strengths
0: yeah I, I- Completely agree with that. I would say if you look at Apple, zoom out to the big picture and just look at them from the founding in 1976 to today, the miracle is that they survived until now, right? You know, and 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 now meaning let's say the iPhone in 2007 or even the iPod. Let's you know because that's it's that's the thing that turned them around. Uh, that they made it until 2001 when they could uh, launch the iPod and and start to make, you know, to, to really grow outside the tech world. Um, I have a friend, a good friend, Matt, who's a fellow Yankees fan. I think he listens to the show. He's probably going to be thrilled. I'm talking about him, but he, when I first met him, he, uh, he asked me when he, you know, he knew I was a Yankees fan from reading, you know, during fireball. Um, but his theory is that there's two types of sports fans, stats, stats, fans, and story fans. Um, And, you know, it's it's any any time you try to say there's only two type of people, of course, there's a gray zone. And, you know, some stats guys are a little bit into the story side and some story guys are still interested in some of the stats. I'm a story guy, though, in his telling where it's I I just don't get into the numbers that much, you know, and it's I I believe in clutch hitting. I believe in clutch performance. And I know that's one of the stats guys things, you know, like, you know, the, the the baseball prospectus Guys, Bill James, you know, there's a theory that they try to back up that there's no such thing as clutch hitting. Yep. you know, and I, I say you say there's no such thing as clutch hitting, and I say uh, Derek Jeter, and I just don't see how you could deny it. And they so, say for anecdote, example, and media spotlight, right? Um, and even though to back it up, one of the you know the whole Jeter farewell thing is just chock full of all these statistics and stuff like that. Um, but one of the most amazing ones is. And I, this is off the top of my head. I'm not going to look it up, but it's uh, uh, he's played 158 postseason games, which is, you know, in the regular baseball season, is 162 games. And most guys would be lucky to play 158. You know, even players who aren't injured take a game off here and there. So he's played easily the equivalent of a full regular season all postseason, which by definition, is only against the very best pitchers and opposing teams. They don't, you know, every postseason game is against a team that was good enough to make it into postseason. Uh, and he's got like a 320 career postseason batting average, you know, enough that it would win a batting title most years. And that's, yeah. you know, in the postseason.
1: No, that that that's really impressive because uh, batting averages drop significantly in the postseason.
0: Um, as right. Because really... the pitching is so much better, yep. so much better. It's, you know, it's, it's really that that's that's the way to win you know postseason baseball games is to have amazing pitching you know it was like with the uh remember the white Sox uh when they won in 2000 I might get the year wrong six when did the year whatever year it was that the or whatever year the Chicago White Sox won a decade ago they they won the World Series in four games their four pitchers pitched four complete games it was <laughs> it's like unbelievable like they had four pitchers who caught fire and were just unhittable, and they just went one, two, three, four, the World Series is over. Yeah, it's like having a hot goalie in in hockey or something. You you can just shut out everything else. And tech is exactly the same, that there's story guys and stats guys, and and the tech industry was so dominated by the stats, the specs, for so long, uh, because it was only tech people, effectively... You know, everybody using a computer was a tech person. You, for some reason, you know that that's that was the the problem Apple faced in 1984 with the Macintosh. Is they'd build a computer, you know, "quote unquote" for the rest of us. And there were the, the rest of us. <laughs> well, they they had no interest in a computer. You know, it really kind of needed the computing world needed uh, the internet and to make it a communications device because that's something everybody wants to do. Everybody, you know, it's it's being able to communicate that turned the computer into something regular people wanted. Uh, And by that time, it was, you know, it was too late. Windows had become entrenched. And, you know, when everybody got on the Internet, it was a a Windows dominated world.
1: Yeah, no, I think this is the key thing that every time you hear someone talk about Mac versus Windows, um, it, it actually had very little to do with the the underlying dynamics it had to do with the external context and who was buying and all that all that sort of stuff and anyone who doesn't really talk about that um, you can take in my opinion the you know their opinion with a very large grain of salt uh, because that that the world was just so completely and utterly different then and it, there's actually very few lessons to be drawn to today yeah
0: um, the famous I, I brought this up and it's it's you know maybe one of the all-time claim chowders of all time is uh, commander tacos reaction to the original iPod back yep. in 2001 on Slashdot. Um, here's his whole comment after Apple released the iPod, uh, no wireless, less space than a nomad lame. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all, you know, it was completely looking at it from the perspective. And we laugh at that in hindsight, right? That the, the original iPod was lame. Uh, but it it was a rational perspective from the point of view of the type of people who read Slashdot. Oh, for sure. Right. It,
1: it, it, I'm surprised. The only thing he forgot to put in was was way too expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where maybe you know it's, uh, yeah, it's to, to hit the the trifecta. You know, does less, doesn't have wireless. We want you know everything to be wireless for whatever reason. Less space than a Nomad. Remember Nomads? I mean, who even made that? Creative, re- no creative, creative Labs. Yeah, I,
1: I had a diamond. Diamond was the other one. I had a diamond Rio. Um, but yeah, Creative Labs. They're the guys who sued Apple about the, uh, about the sound chip in the iPod, and actually won. I think that 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 single handedly kept their company afloat for. Hmm. For I think they might still be around. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, Creative Technologies out of Singapore.
0: Right. Whereas the you know there was some amazing technology in that original ipod uh like the the 1.8 inch hard drive i think that's the size that it was was a new thing it was like nobody had used it and there's some great stories i forget who published it originally but it was um what was the name of the guy who was the uh uh he ended up at palm yeah um rubenstein rubenstein right john rubenstein was engineering head at apple at the time and uh was over in Asia, like scouting, you know, new stuff. And I think it was Toshiba who'd come up with these. And they were like, "Oh, and we've got, we've done this. We've gone from two point five inch hard drives to one point eight inch, and nobody wants to buy them because everybody's putting hard drives. The smallest thing anybody was putting hard drives into were laptops, and laptops in two thousand one or two thousand, whatever year it was." even the small ones, the difference between a 1.8 and a 2.5 inch hard drive didn't make a difference. And so why spend it? Why? You know, everybody told Toshiba, well, why would we spend all this money when we don't really need to save that space? Whereas uh, Rubenstein looked at them and thought, that's it. That's the thing we can, you know, do this music thing with to, you know, because 2.5 was way too big. Well, what's so interesting about this whole story, actually, is um,
1: it, it's very, it's a very, uh, un-Apple kind of story, which in some ways, the the iPod is a bit of an un-Apple type product. Um, but basically, uh, in Jan, so Apple had origi- originally said like, oh, we're going to be like about personal video. That's going to be the new, you know, desktop publishing. And then they're like, oh, crap, we missed the music boat. And then Steve Jobs came out and said, oh, actually, our, our, we have a new strategy. It's called the Digital Hub Strategy. Right. And uh, the center – and we're going to – and then the rest of the event – where the, the event where he introduced the Digital Hub Strategy was in January 2001. In the same event, they introduced iTunes. And – uh and they talked and they spent the whole time talking about music it was rip mix burn was the was kind of the catchphrase and the thing is the ipod didn't exist at all it didn't exist at apple because john rubenstein didn't go to japan until february the next month right and it was when he was in japan he was introduced to or he saw the hard drive and it was the hard drive that was the genesis for the ipod and so it's actually it's almost like completely backwards from the way we think about an apple product being created and so the, the original ipod is put together in like six months uh and and this was put together super fast it was totally driven by the technology but what came out wasn't a technological product it was a you know it was a it was a music player and there's something like it's very different to to be a to be a hard drive than is to be a music player and it's that kind of transformation from a technological item to a something that you desire because it makes your life better that that apple's that is apple that is what apple is so good at
0: yeah uh and you know, we'll just get back to the watch after. I'll, I'll take a break in a moment. We'll get back to the watch. But I do think you're right, though. And I think you even mentioned this on uh, Strategery this week, or was it you who mentioned that the iPod was sort of an apple like product in hindsight? Uh, I think I've mentioned. A, yeah, I think I've. Yeah, I did in the article about the watch. And it's worth keeping that in mind. I think thinking about what the watch is a going to be, or what their intentions are. Is it an iPod on your wrist, or is it? something more. And I'm, I'm with you that I think it's something more. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gotten tripped up by the iPod a few times in my analysis.
1: Like last year, I originally said the phone would be much, much cheaper than it was, because I was thinking about the iPod and how the iPod was always price competitive. Um, and I, you know, I did within a week, I think, and I think you chatted me at the time. I uh, said, No, actually, I think it's gonna be pretty expensive. And it ended up being that basically the, the iPod was it was always a, basically an accessory. It was a single-purpose device. A peripheral. A per, Yes, exactly. Uh, that's the word. It was a peripheral that was very cost-competitive. It was it was done in an Apple way. It was simple. It was very well thought out. It had beautiful industrial design. But if you think about it, every other Apple product of Note has been a platform. Yep. It's been a general-purpose computer. And the, the the arc of Apple is to create a general-purpose computer that's smaller and more attractive and more accessible than the competition. And everything fits in that arc, except for, except for the iPod. It, it's yeah. Kind
0: of, I, I don't think it makes any more sense than as a, as a typical Apple product. doesn't make any more sense than if in some alternate universe, the quick take camera had really taken off and that Apple had become a major player in digital photography. Yeah, which of course they are now that the phone is out but you know what I mean I mean the quick take was amazing I forget what year that came out in the 90s but it was amazing and it was one of the it was super expensive compared to like film cameras but it was one of the first digital cameras that uh, was at least plausible for someone to own and it was amazing and it t- you know it took like 320 by 320 pictures or something but uh, but in some world in some alternate universe that could have become a hit especially I think if it had you know if, if Jobs and his crew had gotten there a little earlier and cleaned up, you know, the, the the product development at at, at like they eventually did. If it had been a little bit more of a jobsy Apple product than a Scully era Apple product, it might've been, but it would have been weird for Apple to be selling something like a camera, but no more weird than it was that they played, that they were selling a Walkman.
1: No, totally. Oh, I I actually think the, uh, the camera is a great example. Um, I think the other example that's interesting in telling is the laser writer actually Um, where Apple actually was like one of the preeminent printer manufacturers in the world. Uh, But that was that they were never a printer company. Like that was, that was to enable the Mac to like enable desktop publishing and all that, and all that sort of stuff. Um, But I think both are, both are examples of in one, a hit one, one not so much, but of products Apple made, but, by no means define the company. Nobody thinks yeah. of Apple as a printer company. And it all
0: it, it all comes back to the the story slash stats divide in the tech world where my you know, and again, this is super ancient history, the laser writer stuff. But my, you know, my understanding of that is Apple wanted others they didn't even want to get in their printer business, really. I mean they, you know, they take the money and they sold them for a lot of money, but you know, and they never, you know, when they eventually got out, there was nobody, nobody was pouring one out for the Apple printers. You know, it was never really, the company's heart was never in it, but the gist of it was they couldn't get other companies to make them. They were like, Hey, you guys could build these laser printers and yes, they'll be crazy expensive. um, But look at the output. We can do beautiful high resolution output and everybody, you know, the industry was like, ah, dot matrix is good enough, you know, we don't need that you know and whereas the output was horrible from dot matrix printers yeah
1: it's absolutely a, it, horrible it, it, you know it, it's crazy it's crazy to even think of that to, to compare them but i mean it's it, what's interesting though is yeah the i mean so the laser writer was in, i'm looking at the wikipedia articles released the same day as PageMaker. um And it was way more expensive than what was on the market, but it had Apple talk, which would be used by multiple people. So the per user cost was lower. Like, uh, it's funny. You see almost all these characteristics of, of a typical Apple product wrapped up in a printer, which is kind of weird to think about. But I think the, the, the broad takeaway is, um, nobody thinks of Apple as a printer company. And I'm definitely not going to reference the laser writer. When I think about analysis of the watch, um, but on the same tone, I think I'm not sure you should be referencing the iPod when you think about analysis All right. either.
0: All right. Let's take a break. I'm going to thank our first sponsor. Brand new sponsor. Uh, really excited to have it. It's a cool app for the Mac called Ubar. That's like a, the, the lowercase letter U, capital B for bar. U-B-A-R. Ubar. Um it's a dock replacement for the Mac, a dock alternative, if you will, because you can't really replace the dock. Um, but you can configure it in a whole bunch of ways. It's like a power user's dock. So you can configure it like a dock. It's like the Apple dock, but better. Or you can use it a lot some, in something that's more like a taskbar, like from Windows. Um uh, so if you're a Windows convert and the taskbar from Windows is one of the things you really liked on Windows and you miss it, Ubar is definitely the thing to look at. And even if you're a Mac user, but you've always thought that the Windows-style taskbar, the way that you can minimize and 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 organize Windows and stuff like that and apps, is more to your liking, uh, also worth checking out. Um, all sorts of little touches. Uh, the developer, Edward Brower is is really really focused on the details his hobby I've actually been emailing him he's uh uh his hobby is making mechanical watches which is just funny that you know the timing that it's when we're talking about watches but he does really really amazing looking uh mechanical watches that he creates himself uh and it's like that level of detail in u-bar like the kind of thing that you'd expect from somebody whose hobby is making high-end mechanical wristwatches uh so badges, just just one example of the sort of detail, The little red circles, you get on an a- app icon. Uh, Ubar does it in a way where no matter how many apps you have down there in the bar, the badge always stays at a size that's readable, as opposed to apples method where they just turn into little red dots in the corner of the window, and you can't read them. Uh, that's one example. Uh, he's got a thing called activity mode, you hold down the control key on your keyboard. And all the app tiles, they switch from having their name underneath, which in itself is a difference from the Apple app, where you can actually have like the name of the app, the name of the window that you've minimized down there. Uh, Well, those names change when you hold down the control key and they show you CPU and RAM usage instead. So it's also a replacement for activity viewer. Uh, so if you feel like there's an app that, may, you know, you're worried that this which app is using the most CPU, just put your mouse over the U-bar, hold down the control key, and it shows you exactly what's going on. Uh, sort of thing for everybody? No, of course not. Sort of thing for nerds who want to run Activity Monitor? Awesome feature. Really, really cool. Uh, helps you kill anytime you have an app that gets wedged, the sort of app that you have to force quit. Uh, you don't have to go hunting for it. It just shows you right there in U-bar once an app is unresponsive. Uh, it gets like a special background color, so you can tell right away. Uh, plenty of custom customizability, tons of it. There's a dark theme, like dark mode in Yosemite, a light theme uh, that looks like the the menu bar in Mavericks. Uh, you can add apps, files. You can have favorites that always show up instead of just showing you what's running. Uh, version 2.0 came out in July. It's already up to version 2.26. Uh, he's updating it regularly. It's really under heavy active development. Um, it, it, bottom line, his goal is he's working to make this the dock replacement for OS X. So if you're the sort of user who wants to replace your dock, you like tinkering with system utilities and stuff like that, check out uh, Ubar. Um, normally sells for 20 bucks, uh, But if you use the coupon code, Standard Gruber, all one word standard Gruber you get fifty percent off, so meaning you can get it for just ten bucks uh and you can even better you can uh run it in demo mode for four weeks, so you get four full weeks to try it out before you have to decide really cool utility uh it's really well done I think anybody who loves that sort of stuff should check it out so um My thanks to UBAR for sponsoring the show. Save 10 bucks with coupon standard Gruber. Standard Gruber. I I, I love that.
1: I prefer common Gruber.
0: Yeah. Maybe that'll be next week's code. (laughs) (laughs) Just go to Browersoftware.com. That's B R A W E R S O F T W A R E.com. B R A W E R. Browsersoftware.com and uh, find out more and use that coupon code and save uh, half price, half price for talk show listeners, great deal. So let's let's go back and let's let's uh, let's get into the watch. So you've had an evolved uh, take on the watch, like you even mentioned earlier in the show that your initial take was that this it was too unfocused, and and uh, so start me down your path. What was your initial take? My, which I think I think your initial take represented an awful lot of people.
1: No, for sure. I mean, it's one of the it's one of the most popular articles I've had in quite a while. Which which is funny because people are like, oh, you just changed your mind, blah blah blah. Like, no, actually, the feedback was very was very positive in favor of that piece. I'm not I'm not winning any brownie points by 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 switching. Um, basically, I, my criticism was primarily about the event. I mean, because I I uh, I wasn't there, I, and obviously, even people who were there couldn't use the watch, so it was, it's hard to get too much into the actual details but the event in general i compared and contrasted it to previous new product introductions so going back to the ipod going back to the iphone and the ipad uh in all three cases uh steve jobs did a bit of exposition uh about why this product needed to exist you know like right. what's the market what's what's the problem people have what's out there oh, and here's our new thing and it happens to fit the market and take care of problems and, and all that sort of thing. Um, so that didn't happen with the watch. What happened with the watch is Tim Cook got on stage and he said, oh, here's the next story. You know, we're very excited. We've been working very hard. Here's the next the next chapter in Apple's story. And then boom, a video popped up. You know, like it was it was a great video. It was, um, you know, just showing the industrial design of the watch and then it pops on screen. Everyone's like, ooh. Uh, but that, that, Piece about why does this exist? Where in the market does it go? Was was missing, and that was that was concerning to me. And it was that concern was amplified by the software demo, which to my mind, um, again. Going into the event, I was thinking this was this was an accompaniment to the iPhone. That's why it was being introduced with the iPhone. This was my thinking going into it. And in that light, I'm like, why are they doing a demo that doesn't leverage the iPhone? Like they were searching for movies on the watch. They were looking at all these photos on the watch. Like, well, if you have an iPhone in your pocket, why wouldn't you use that to do this sort of stuff? And so I, I I'm like, this demo is kind of weird. They didn't say why. Uh, this has me a little worried about the about the
0: whole concept. Yeah, I completely agree. So, why would I want to buy this? Yeah. Why, why, what, what, you know, what is the job to be done to to use uh, the, the, I I was going to say Horace, but I guess he took that from uh, Clay Christensen. Yeah. Clay Christensen. But, you know, it's just a way to put it in context. But yeah, what, what, what are you hiring the watch to do? And I don't think they answered that. But, and I'm again. Time will tell on this front. It's either a sign that that they have lost focus post Jobs, and it is the first. You know, we're either going to look back at that introduction event as the first warning sign that Apple is in trouble and is going to isn't going to do the same good job with a new, an altogether new product as they did before. Or it'll be forgotten, and it was because it was it was on purpose. Yeah, it's either it's either one or the other. Either they purposefully left it largely mysterious, and they're going to save that why for what I presume to be the event in January or February, where they're going to say, "Okay, now it's going on sale, and here's everything you need to know about it: all the prices, all the features. Here's what the STK can do." You know, all of that stuff is going to come in a separate event, uh, and that they did this sort of teaser event for strategic reasons that will be clear after the watch actually comes out. Because that's the best to me. That's the best way. It's like the difference between a preview that's supposed to tell you everything you need to know to make you want to go see this movie, or a teaser that's just supposed to put the the movie into your head. That's
1: no, that's a that's a that's a good analogy to, to to think about it. Um I think there's also another explanation too. I I, mean, I think it's possible in January it's even not not as clear as it could be. And the reason that is is um you know, I, I actually <laughs> I cheated when I did that new product introduction because I didn't include the Mac. Uh and I actually I did go back and watch the Mac event, but it didn't it didn't fit as neatly. Because the if you actually if you go back, the Mac introduction was almost identical to the watch introduction. It was a job saying we've been working super hard this sort of thing. And then like, there's this long, like, uh, what, what's, the, what's the, what's the song, you know, the, duh, duh, duh. Uh, uh, and
0: so, so, sockets. Uh, I forget the name. I think it's I know chariots of fire or something like that. Um, Oh no, right, right, right. It wasn't the the one from 2001. It was the chariots of fire song.
1: Yeah. I think that, I think so. I, I don't remember the, the, the video I watched actually was, um, I think for copyright reasons, like the, all the music was taken out. But if I recall, that, that's what it was. And then he pulls out, you know, he reveals the reveals the Mac. Like it was very. It's funny. Like it actually ended up being a lot like the watch. Um, and I'm not sure that's a great precedent. Obviously, in the long run, the Mac turned out well. But as we just discussed, it had a bit of a struggle at the beginning. But at the same time, um, if if you look back at the iPhone, nothing in that event was actually very pertinent to the way we use iPhones today. And that didn't make the event a bad event. It remains an amazing event, um, you know, it's kind of like Steve Jobs is like all-time, you know, all, on the all-time great hit list, it's it's number one. Uh, but at the same time, when you're creating a platform, when you're creating a new thing that that is going to create all kinds of new opportunities it's almost by definition impossible to know at the beginning what what that's all going to be remember i mean steve jobs i know there's confused there's contention if steve jobs did or didn't want the app store i'm in the camp that believes he did not want it he thought that apple could meet all the needs that the phone ought, ought to serve, when actually that, that wasn't even close to being true. And I think there's a way to look at this watch event and that Apple, maybe they didn't articulate as well as they could have, but they're, they're, they are they're now realize that. They know that we create platforms. And there's no way we can ever even fully know what this is going to do. and But we, we've created the foundation for something really great.
0: I'm of the opinion, I think it's pretty clear he didn't want an app store in... 2008 which is when the actual app store came out i think that his i think he i i i think that he must have known that eventually they would do it but i think that he thought it was a this does not need to be a top priority for the next year you know we've got so many things to do you know this first phone is so you know has so much room for improvement the last thing we need to worry about is the the app store SDK angle right and all the limitations uh, that imposes on you and things right like that. I think that if you had had if we could go back in time and have a, a, f- a honest discussion with Steve Jobs in the summer of 2007 you know and people had started jailbreaking you know I mean like in July I mean like weeks after the thing came out like to me that's still it's one of the great things in in indie Mac development history was the the way that you know uh the first couple of developers who jumped on that. I mean, like the first version of Twitterific was written before there was a, uh, an SDK, like Hockenberry had a version, a Twitter client running on the iPhone before there was an, an SDK. Uh, I love that. Uh, but the demand, it was just, I, I think he just underestimated how badly the people who became indie iOS developers wanted to be able to do that. Uh, but I do think you're right, too, that he, you know, is the nature of his personality was such that he assumed that his what he wanted the phone to do was what most people would want it to do. And it would cover a broader swath of, you know, why people would want it.
1: And that, well, that's what's so interesting about this is a lot of the people who are disagreeing with me now. So my position now like, has evolved to the I, I don't think Apple is making an accessory. I think they're making a new platform. Um, a lot of people who disagree with that uh, want want the Apple defined vision they want it super clear on what it's going to do but and they and they reference again I did the same thing so I'm not like by any means criticizing I think it's a very valid point of view they reference kind of like the iPhone but the Steve Jobs's vision for the iPhone ended up being too small in a lot in a lot of ways I mean that that's that's not true in a big sense but in this kind of narrow sense about what ought to run on it at, and when. the you ought to enable
0: all that stuff to run on it um and it yeah is... not just not just too small in the 3.5 inch diagonal sense <laughs> like but too, a... too small in the conceptual sense right exactly and and you know it, it's a great. For
1: all for for the kind of pining that this sort of talk can inspire for Steve Jobs and for his way of introducing products and the way he was such a master, you know, it's textbook like this isn't like particular to Steve Jobs. He just did it better than anybody else. Like he was the best salesman in the world. Like you have this problem. Oh, you're right. I do have that problem look at the competition they don't really work man yeah they all suck oh look wouldn't it be great if there was something that met all your needs that'd be awesome oh look who we introduced here's my money take it right i mean he, he 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 just walked you through that so perfectly um and and i do think that's in some ways missing but at the end of the day the needs he ended up selling weren't the ones that were actually key to the product
0: or what made it wildly broadly successful yeah, uh, but they were good enough to get it off the ground. I mean, and you know what? Those those things are still reflected in the default dock of the iPhone today, right? The, the Steve Jobs, not iPod, iPhone. Mm-hmm. Did I say iPod? I said iPod, but I meant iPhone. Um, the dock, the four iP- apps at the bottom, phone, mail, Safari, and it was called iPod back then. That's where I started getting tripped up. And now it's music. Uh, that's what he wanted, right? He wanted a device that would play his music and it would it would be his cell phone and he could throw out whatever piece of garbage from Motorola he was using at the time. Uh, he could do his email and he could browse the web. And there you go. There's the product. And that was awesome. That w- alone would have been enough. Right. And the thing is, is like, I think Apple... Uh... But it wouldn't have been enough. It would have been enough to make it a compelling product it would not have been enough to make it a world-changing product which is what it you know ha- has eventually become right no that that's exactly it and i think uh the
1: reason why and this is what makes the watch interesting is um apple actually in some ways has has some of those pieces there like there's a slide where tim cook has like the three things like it's a great timepiece. uh it's health and fist fitness and it's like the most personal communications device or something i think those are the three three items so the fact that i can't Remember it clearly Let's,
0: is is indicative. Uh, yeah, yeah, now the personal. Well, well, maybe the personal communication, right? The the three things that they're kind of selling to watch on at at the event this month were fitness tracking, time telling, yep, and uh, the personal communication. Well, I, uh, well, the thing is, though, is like I mean, I. Even more so
1: than the phone, like uh, the use case for the phone was so obvious, right? Just to make a better, just to make a better phone would have been enough to sell a lot. Um, Just to make a better Nike fuel band is not enough to sell a lot because the, the, you're not, same with the iPod, just to make a better music player was enough to sell a lot because what was the alternative to carry your computer around? Like the the alternative was, was a non-starter. The alternative to a watch is to use the phone in your pocket. Like the 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 competition for even considering buying a watch in the first place is far steeper today than it was for any any product except for maybe the iPad is probably the best is is probably the best comparison here. Like, why would you buy an iPad if you already if you already have a Mac? Um, and so for that reason, it, I. I this is the biggest thing that changed my mind. Like I think Apple releasing a focused product would have meant a niche product that would never get great traction because it would never be the Delta over just pulling a phone in your pocket would have never been great enough. Like they needed a swing for the fences and it's probably raising risk, right? But the way you get a great return is by taking on greater risk. And I think that's what Apple's done.
0: I very, very, very much in agreement with that. Um, I think. Well, is your p- that- is your
1: piece actually your wh- phone piece that triggered this particular realization? So I'm I, I I'm glad to hear you're in agreement. Wait, which phone piece? The the observations on initial observations on the phone. Basically, you kept you kept referring to the fact that if Apple would have only done like a notifications and tracker device, you'd been worried about the future of the company or something along right. those lines. Like, I'm like, why is he being so hyperbolic? Uh, and then I I basically. Thought about it and it was like, well, that that triggered. That's what triggered me thinking through, like, what if they only did this? What would be the implications of that? And that was my piece this week. Like, if they only did that, there would actually be a lot of long-term negative effects uh, from limiting the potential of the platform to limiting the potential market. All of which would be bad for, very bad for Apple, and which is why I think they rejected that approach. Um, and I presume was your your thinking as well.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, a little thing, just a side note. One thing that they've said publicly, uh, I think they said it at the event, or at least they said it after the event in like on-the-record statements, not like off-the-record. And then I think Tim Cook repeated it in his interview with Charlie Rose, which was excellent. Really, really interesting. Uh, uh, just one of the the best interviews I've ever seen with anybody related to Apple ever. Um uh, But they came out and said that they'd been working on this for three years, and they never, ever say stuff like that. Uh, They are super secretive about how long they've been working on stuff. They never said how long they were working on the iPhone, and it took years and stuff that was, I think, mostly off the record for it to come out that the way that the iPhone came about was that they were working on a tablet. And the tablet got pretty cool, and, and they had this moment where they were like, "Wait a second, screw this tablet size for now. Let's take this tech and shrink it. Can we shrink it to to be a phone? Boom! There's the phone. They don't, they don't, they never talked about that. They didn't talk because they don't want people to know how they work. Right? I, I, there's something part of the new Tim Cook Apple is the simple fact that they said that they've been working on this for three years, and I can't help but think that part of that is that they kind of want to say this whole thing is after Steve, because three years is uh, how long ago Steve Jobs died. Like, I don't think that's a coincidence that they're saying that publicly, and it's a way of saying that I think it's a sign of their confidence in the watch, but they're setting it up in advance that they think this thing is, they're on to something. They think it's going to be huge and they don't want people to say, well, I'll bet Steve jobs invented. It's probably the last thing he invented. Now show me something that you can invent, you know, without Steve jobs.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. It makes
0: total sense. So for example, I remember when I got to take that antenna tour after antenna gate and they took a bunch of us back into their antenna testing lab and we got to see, uh you know these cool p- r- chambers where they test these things um I forget the guy's name but he's the the antenna engineer who and he led the tour and he was a little nervous he did great but he was a little nervous because he's just is not used to speaking to the press he's you know he's an apple employee he's just, the last thing he does is speak to the press and you know a week prior you know he had no idea it was like this antenna thing blew up and within the course of a week, now, here he is leading 20 people around Apple's, you know, lab. Uh, and Schiller and Katie Cotton were, were part of the group, too. But they, you know, just were walking around sort of supervising. And somebody asked at one point, uh, they were talking about the external antenna design, which was brand new on the iPhone 4. Uh, nobody else had ever done it. And initial reaction from a whole bunch of people was, well, that's a stupid idea. The reason nobody else does that is it's a bad idea. And then the antenna gate thing came up and they said hey you touch it here and you lose your cell phone and they were like see told you terrible idea apple is you know a terrible engineering company blah 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 blah. well we were talking about it with him on the tour and somebody i don't know who but you know one of the writers asked well how long have you guys been working on that antenna design and he was going to answer honestly and schiller immediately jumped in and said we're not going to talk about how long we've been working on the antenna design i mean like just cut him right off it was sort of an awkward moment um, uh, because that was something they did not want to say. You know, they wanted to say how the you know this antenna is actually is a good design. Trust us. You know, this is going to work out. This this issue with the attenuation when you touch it at the wrong spot, it's a real thing, but it's not that big a deal. Uh, but there was no way that they were going to mention how long that this guy had been working on an external antenna design.
1: Yeah, that no, that's interesting,
0: uh, Ruben, and that's just the antenna design. Let alone saying, you know, we went from scratch to a uh, shipping iWatch in three or Apple Watch in three years.
1: Yeah, no, for for sure. I mean, it, it, the the whole Apple PR thing is interesting. It's funny you mentioned the tour of the labs. Um, I wrote about this in my in my daily update this week, where that 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 was a good twenty two days, I think, after the AntennaGate story first broke on on gizmodo of all places uh whereas this week two days after the bent iphone story broke they were already giving people tours of the labs uh it's, i think they really learned their lesson on getting ahead getting ahead of such things
0: yeah that's should we t- should we take a should we interrupt the watch to talk about ben ben Gate? Gate? uh
1: i mean i i, th- I think antenna gate is probably the best way to think about it i mean the iPhone four was on sale until I think a week ago when it sold hundreds of millions of units. Right. Um, and I think that's pretty much all that needs to be said. I mean, the idea that Apple would not, would not be aware or have tested this sort of thing is preposterous. And given their track record, uh, I very willing to give them benefit of the doubt. And like, I as someone who's criticized Apple in, in various forums. Like I'm not, it, it's, it's preposterous to suggest that they didn't know or didn't have a particular tolerance that that
0: the, the, phone needs. the reason the reason it takes any hold though is that it plays into the misconception stereotype of Apple right that they would do something like make an antenna design that looks awesome and saves space to make the device thinner but then have it not even be able to make phone calls like that's the worst you, you know the worst stereotype of Apple you could imagine uh, and it's such a delicious soundbite you know world famous uh iphone new new model can't make phone calls it sounds so amazing and then that you know it's it's the perfect type thing for broadcast right the t v people really are the ones that made that catch fire um and the Ben thing is exactly the same you know apple so desperately you know uh or, or not desperate but uh uh over interested, obsessed with making devices thinner made a phone so thin that it bends when you put it in your pocket. Right.
1: No, I think, I, I think the, the, the key thing too is, uh, as you just said, like it, there was an antenna issue. It, it just, it's just an issue of, and so when the Verizon iPhone came out six months later, uh, there was a different antenna design. And, and so like, it, it's not to say that there's not a problem. No I don't think either of us are saying that. I mean, clearly, um, you know, Matt Matt Honan hit a thing and wired, and his his phone bent, and I have no reason to to doubt him. Uh, but at the same, and so I would imagine if the six plus S or whatever it's going to be called next year comes out, that there's going to be something slightly different in the chassis, or even right now they might be making changes now to 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 restrict it. But at the same time, like there, there's there, there's a very wide canyon between. There are very isolated circumstances where this might happen. To oh my god, the the, the house is on fire. That's coming down. Right. And I think that's that's what's so frustrating about
0: about these
1: sort of gates.
0: Yeah. Well, it's and it's that 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 adage that uh, it requires an order of more of magnitude, more effort to refute bullshit than it does to create it. <laughs> it's so hard. It's the fact that it's bullshit that makes it so hard to refute. You know, like compare and contrast with the the eight point oh one iOS update that that effectively bricked a bunch of iPhone sixes. I mean, I think Apple said that it affected about and it wound up. It was out in the wild and wound up affecting like forty or fifty thousand phones, uh, which is, I guess, good compared to the you know two hundred million people using iPhones in the world. But still, forty or fifty thousand people who just within the last uh, week have spent upwards of six, seven, eight hundred dollars on a new phone had a software update that rendered their phone unusable. Uh, And there was a solution, they didn't have to take it back, it wasn't like the phones were permanent, you know, you just had to go through a hassle of downloading it in iTunes and syncing it to a PC. And I'm sure that's actually also above beyond the technical ken of many users. And so some people probably did have to go to a a store, you know, go to an Apple store and get it fixed. Uh, But it was a real issue It was a real problem. It was an actual botched iOS update. And Apple, you know, issued a statement that said, we're really sorry, we screwed this up. This was terrible. Sorry, we're working on a fix as fast as we can. Sorry. Do we do we mention that we're sorry? And it was over. You know, that's it. It was a real issue. They dealt with it. Everybody kept it in perspective because it was real, right? And it's, I don't know. It, it, I, I said this with Marco before because I know Marco, I think his wife had this problem. But with the iPhone 4, there was an actual really bad technical problem, which was the, the sensors, that you know, the ones that when you hold it up to your face. Remember that? It was, they did not work correctly at all. And that was a real thing. And it was really affecting people with the phone. And there was nothing you could do, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, it was a real thing. And it got like one one thousandth the publicity that the antenna thing did, you know. And meanwhile, like you said, the iPhone 4 was on sale until two weeks ago in some parts of the world. GSM the, not the Verizon one the GSM iPhone 4 with an absolutely unchanged antenna layout was on sale until last week it sold you know it was tremendous numbers for years and years and years and everybody just sort of forgot it but yet people still bring it up on Twitter last night Jesus Diaz even brought up as like in a somebody said something like this is the worst part of the tech press and and he was like the worst part is you know people like Ruber who still deny denied antenna gate uh, people are still hung up on that. People still think that there was, like in their twisted view of history, they think Apple had a phone that couldn't make phone calls and that everybody just sort of brushed it under the rug.
1: Yeah, no, th- there's always a lack of con- in- context. And what's interesting is like Apple in some ways is- has benefited, right? Because they they weren't criticized for the sensor of the iPhone 4. And this week, in- you could argue they've gotten less criticism they deserve for the 8.0.1 0. 0. update, which... That's a terrible, terrible bug, and it, it it's very concerning about how that gets released. And there's there's a wide like there's so much potential for actually real serious investigation and criticism, um, as opposed to you know bullshit outing someone's name crap that that Bloomberg pulled. But like there there it, it's a very real issue, and I think part of the reason it was it was not really focused on was because everyone was talking about Ben uh, right. and it's, yeah, it, that it, it's frustrating as someone, um, you know, that want, w- wants, if you want Apple to create good products, you should be way more worried about 8.0.1. In my opinion, they should be worried about the Ben thing.
0: Yeah, because it's the sort of thing that could happen. You know, it feels like it could happen to me. It could have happened to me. I, I happened to not been paying attention at the time that it was out and in the wild. And by the time I was, I knew not, you know, to ignore the, the update. Um, but I could have easily, you know, installed that. Um, and the other thing I think long term that that issue, you know, that the eight oh one update does that I think is harmful is it puts the seed out there that hey, be careful of of updating your iPhone yep. because it could be ruined. And then it makes some number of people less reluctant to stay up to date, which hurts Apple and developers in the long run by you know increasing fragmentation. That that's a that's a great point, and um no, it's it's a great point. But you know, again, lost lost in the shuffle of you know the great Ben Gate scandal of twenty fourteen.
1: Yeah, I, I, the Benghazi name is funny for some reason though. I just can't quite adopt it. I've I've stuck with I've stuck with Ben Gate.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I think that the the. the the real Benghazi, I think, is such an overblown fake scandal. Not that the, the tragedy of the people dying is not serious, but the idea that there's anything that was being covered up is just a bunch of right-wing nonsense. But the people who believe it are really, really into it and think it's you know, the most important under-reported political story of the entire Obama administration, and I guess it's best to stay away from joking about it. So if you're out there and you're offended by me uh, joking about it, I, I, I retract the joke because it's not that funny a joke. It was, <laughs> just so happens, though, that it's such a, it, it is such a, it, it, verbally, it works so well. You just put a D in there and it's all of a sudden.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, one of those, it things, only one of those works things I don't as, want to touch it, with a 10 foot pole, but right.
0: It, it only works as a joke, though, if everybody sees the real Benghazi scandal the way I do as a completely overblown hype. Whereas if there's, you know, Twenty percent of the people listening to the show think it's actually an outrage and a tremendous scandal. Then the you know it, it has the wrong effect because it makes it seem as though you know the Ben Gate is Ben Gate is a real issue. Right. No, I.
1: That's exactly it, and I, I'm. Uh, that's the same reason I've been using Ben Gate as well. All right. Even uh, even though it sounds like Ben Gate, which is uh, my name. <laughs> well, my name's not Ben oh, yeah. Gate, but yeah.
0: All right. Um. Let's take another break here. Thank our next sponsor and it's our good friends at Fracture, F R A C T U R E. Uh everything all the photos we take, you know we we're, t- we're talking about the digital cameras and all the photos we take with our iPhones, you know. How sad is it that they all all, all of them end up trapped somewhere like in our camera roll on the phone um uh, or in an Instagram feed. Uh, And we end up looking at them on these tiny little, well, and I guess now some of the phone screens are not so tiny, but they're still relatively small. Uh, I don't know, we lost something with them when we stopped getting photos printed and having something we can hang on the wall. Well, Fracture, that's exactly what they do. You send them your digital photos. They print them directly on pure glass. So it's not like a piece of paper in a frame with glass in front of it. They actually print on the glass. I've, I've said this every time I say it. It's, it's the same sort of effect, like with these phones, the way that the iPhone keeps getting the pixels closer and closer to looking like pixels on glass as opposed to pixels under glass. That's the effect that fracture has with photos. It looks like photos on glass, which is really what it is, and it's a really cool effect. Uh, They come with a foam back that's ready to mount right out of the box. You don't have to take it and then get a frame and put it in a frame and then hang it. You just buy your fracture. It shows up. You open the cardboard box and there it is ready to hang on your wall or ready to to put it up on your desk or wherever you want to put these photos. Um, Such a great service. Really really impressed with the quality of the output. We have a bunch of them here at home. also an amazing gift, really great gift, uh, you know, for family members if you want to send, you know, grandparents pictures of the kids or stuff like that. And it's also a real cool talking point where they're like, whoa, how, once they see how, it, you know, it's actually this thing printed on glass. Nobody out there in the real world has heard of these guys yet. So it, it makes you seem like you're, you're totally in the know of, like, this amazing stuff. Really great gift. Uh, and they have a cool code just for listeners of the show. Gruber, G-R-U-B-E-R, just my last name, and you will save 20% off any order. They've got all sorts of sizes from little 5 by five ones to really big ones, as big as you could want. Uh, all sorts of sizes, really great service, really great output. So use the coupon code Gruber. You'll save 20% off, and uh, go check them out at their website, FractureMe.com, FractureMe.com, and remember that code, Gruber. Uh, my thanks to fracture. So, so I think uh, we we've been a little all over the
1: place on the watch. But I've I've been I've been very. Po- <laughs> well, well, I personally have been all over the place. I've written uh, four pieces now that have you know. There's kind of an arc where I I'm more opposed all the way to. Um, I think this is really ambitious and potentially the future. Uh, I, I'm. But you've only written you've written the one. You've written a couple. Uh, you've linked to a few pieces with like a line or two of yeah. commentary like i i, I think i, I speak for a lot of your readers that is curious on like the gruber exposition of
0: about the watch yeah i'm still working my way on that i thought i'd i thought i'd have something a week ago a second follow-up and i'm still it's still like in a liquid state it's not solidified but you know this you know it's why i do the show it's i can talk my way through it bottom line here we are an hour and Ten minutes into the show, here's thesis statement. Thesis statement is, uh, Apple Watch, I believe, is intended to be a completely standalone platform for compu- personal computing, and its relationship to the iPhone. This is not wholly original. I've heard other people say this, you know, speculate, but I'm, I'm going to try to put it very clearly. Its relationship to the iPhone is very much analogous to the original iPhone's relationship to iTunes running on your PC or Mac, right? And when you got the first iPhone in 2007, you couldn't even activate it without iTunes, you had to actually plug it into your computer and run iTunes and activate it on AT&T through your Mac, it was you know, that they just didn't have the full stack, they didn't have everything uh, ready to go for it to be the standalone device that it is today where you can be a fully functioning uh, iPhone user with no other computer products, or, you know, you could just use it with an iPad and never pair the two. And your backups go to the cloud, your software updates come over the cloud. uh, And you never, never connect it to a Mac or PC. I think that's the relationship the watch will have with the phone where eventually it will do full Wi Fi. And eventually it'll have a SIM card and will do cellular networking. And that doesn't mean, you know, and again, this comes to one of the topics on ATP, like Marco's thing is never bet against the smartphone. And it's a good point that the smartphone is sort of an optimal it's sort of an endpoint, you know, and we're obviously, you know, the size can fluctuate a little bit, but the basic idea of the thing that you can carry in your pocket, don't bet against it. You know, there were some of us, myself included who thought that the iPad might grow to be bigger than the iPhone or at least grow to be the same size. And it's not, it's super successful. Tablets are a huge deal. The iPad is the most successful and it is very successful, but it is not as popular and not as successful as the phone. Um, so I wouldn't say when I say that the watch will be a standalone platform that won't need a phone. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to ditch their iPhone and just do everything on the watch. I just think it means though that for some people they could that they won't have a they don't they won't need to carry a phone in their pocket. So I I um I completely
1: agree. Uh, I I've said I actually made the same analogy um on on a previous version of Exponent on uh, where my co-host vehemently disagrees uh and we, we definitely got we definitely got into it but i think the 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 phone for the watch is an implementation detail and i think that's that's critical to understanding the way apple i think introduced it is because the, the what, imagine that apple had introduced the iphone and they had said oh well uh, you don't need to manage music on your phone because you can do it on iTunes on the Mac, and it will all sync over, right? Which is what they did did with the with the iPod. The problem is is that would have you know a few years down the line, it would have been so much more difficult, if not impossible, for Apple to make the iPhone a truly standalone device. Like from day one, the iPhone, even though it even though it needed a Mac. It had to be designed as if it didn't need a Mac, uh, in all the fundamental assumptions. And I think right. it's the same thing. It's the same thing with with the watch. Like you can't build in the assumption the phone is there if you know it's going to be going away. Or else, you're limiting. You're lowering the ceiling. You're lowering the, the potential. Right. And I think the difference from the from the iPad is this is smaller. And when it comes to when it comes to design is all about constraints. And what's the controlling constraint? The controlling constraint uh, when you're at your desk is not size. It's not weight. It's comfort. It's productivity. It's why I'm sitting here in front of three monitors and an ergonomic keyboard and, and, and a mouse. But when you're moving around, the chief constraint is portability. And the fact of the matter is, is a watch is more portable than a phone. So not next year, not the year for that, maybe not even five years on the road, but 10 years down the road, it's it's very easy, in my opinion, to see me carrying a much larger smartphone less frequently because I always have a watch.
0: I think... Uh, I'm in complete agreement, except I think 10 years is too long, and I, it goes back to the Bill Gates adage, which is probably one of the smartest things he's ever said, but that we, as tech people, uh, perennially vastly overestimate how much we can do in one year and underestimate how big the changes will be in 10 years. Over and over and over every year, every decade. I think ten years is too long. Because just think about the phone, man. The, the phone is only se- it was only seven years ago that we had the original. Uh, I when did the phone become completely standalone? When was it that? I guess it was probably with iCloud. It was. So that would have I think been, it was, I was that was four. Was it or? It would have been. I think twenty. The iCloud was right. I thought it was twenty eleven because it was Steve Jobs' last keynote. Yeah, Steve Jobs' last keynote. Right, right, Uh, right. He did the original iPad introduction in twenty ten, and then he made a surprise appearance at the second iPad event when he was uh, technically on medical leave, and he was like, you know, I didn't want to miss this, and then he was at WWDC, and that was the last time we saw him. Um, So twenty eleven. So that was four years from when the original iPhone came out. And at that point, you know, it was you know four call it five years. Give i you know iCloud a year to bake, I guess. But within five years, the iPhone was a wholly independent platform. Uh, And you know, it won't just be like one switch flipping. It's you know, do this, then that, then this, then that. You know, I mean, the original iPhone. It's like I was thinking about it in the context of the watch. It was crazy how little it did on its own. You had to sync your calendars and contacts through iTunes. Right, just to get so if you wanted to have the same contacts on your phone and uh, computer, you had to keep connecting it to iTunes and syncing there. I mean, it was crazy. So if part of that is tech. I think with the phone, and you're right, it's a lot of it comes. To, the constraints are different with the phone. It was more about just that there was just so much software that needed to be written before they could do it, and being able to just depend on iTunes in the meantime, just was a very helpful crutch. Because it was worth launching when they did. It would not have been worth waiting another two or three years until they had more of that that whole stack ready to go. Uh, and with the watch, I think it is more engineering, right? I, it, why doesn't it have a SIM card? I think I simple. I think battery life. And si- size is an issue too, though. Yeah, there is a Samsung one, I think, that
1: has a SIM card, but yeah, it's huge. And and it's way bigger, right? But the thing is, like, yeah, I would. uh, One thing that you've learned over the years is never bet against uh, miniaturization and never bet against Moore's Law. And I think in the antenna, because it's analog, like, there's a lot of real challenges there. But at the same time, like, if you've learned anything in tech, it's don't bet against, like, don't bet against that kind of stuff. And the, the. uh, this question, this is the thing that I, that I came up again with James on, on my podcast, is, you know, where do you draw the line on what features it's okay to ship with and what features it's okay to ship without? And the way I draw the line is not by looking at the technical implementation or the of the feature, but the impact it has on normal people's lives. And what I mean by that is when the, when the iPhone came out. Uh, people were already plugging in their devices into their computer every night. Those devices just happened to be iPods. So, yeah. so Apple was just asking you to keep doing the same thing you were always doing. and
0: But with a different device. Right,
1: exactly. And so even though it was, if we, we look back and think, oh my gosh, I had to plug in my phone to sync my calendars. It sounds ridiculous today. It did not sound ridiculous in 2007. And, and so that's why I think it was okay to not have that feature because you weren't, you weren't, putting a burden on people. You weren't making people's lives more difficult. Right. And I think the same thing applies to the watch. Yes, it would be, there's no, you don't need to wait for the watch to have its own cellular stack. Because people already have their phones with them. You're not saying, oh, you have up to till today, you have not been carrying a cellular device in your pocket, but now you need to carry it with you to use the watch. No, people are already doing it. The the watch is only making their lives better. And I think I I agree with you. And I think it will be shorter than 10 years. In seven years, say, in 2021, we'll look back and say, man, I can't believe I carried a phone in my pocket every single hour of every single day.
0: Yeah. It, it, so, you know, let's go back to uh, let's, you know, like the Newton era, like 1993, 94. Most people, very few people had cell phones uh, and the cell phones that were out. It was, you know, the famous Wall Street one, you know, it's more like a brick. So let's say Apple comes out with some kind of digital watch in 1993 and the watch does something cool. I don't know. Do, who, you know, forget the details, but it's, you know, but nobody has a habit of carrying a cell phone at the time and then they say oh and to make this watch work you have to carry this uh 4 or 5 inch rectangle in your pocket with you everywhere you go right and then everybody be like well that that seems stupid i don't want to carry that you know here's a 5 ounce thing that that is very expensive itself and you have to carry it around with you everywhere you go that's you're asking people to do something that is stupid right they're never going to do that uh, like you're saying I completely agree that they, they can piggyback off the phone now for things like cellular and Wi-Fi um, connectivity because everybody in you know the target audience of people who already carry an iPhone with them everywhere they go is is sufficiently large
1: right and it, I, the, I think it's really interesting too um just kind of a slight segue, i guess is uh one thing i haven't done in any of my columns at least not as explicitly or or in, in the podcast is like why what if we what if we jump forward like what what how do you think how do you think our tech lives will look like in 2020 i
0: i don't know i i'm you know but i've i'm very intrigued that they think this is the way it's going to go you know that it's mostly you know uh, that that I think that they're predicting that a lot of it is going to go to the wrist. Um, I think it's got to be a lot about voice input. You know, uh, we're going to be talking to our wrist a lot. I mean, I, I don't see other any other way that you're going to. I don't see how they're ever going to invent anything that would let you type on a on a piece on something that small. So, well,
1: I think what's interesting though is, uh, well, first off, if you were to tell someone in two thousand seven how little we talk on the phone today, they, they, they might not believe you. Um, so that's, that's, so I think the voice thing in general, as far as communication will go away. like, what what, do we need Siri for text input then? Because we text a lot now. Um, I I think what's interesting about the phone is, uh, it's, so I actually, if you track like everything you do in a day, how much of it are you actually inputting anything? Like how much of it is gathering information or absorbing information as opposed to actually, you know, putting something in. And I, I suspect at least I tried to observe myself for a day. It was really hard. Like it was shocking how many times I pulled my phone out of my pocket. Um, it, a lot of it is just just checking. It's just checking stuff all the time. And, uh, and all like that's. it's not just that you could do that on a watch. It's that it's better on a watch. And I think the, for me, the vision is the watch. You have something with you all the time, and the things that that's with you all the time is is where the radio should be. It's where the connection should be, and it's where kind of the hub should be. And yes, I'm sure we'll still have smartphones. I don't think they're going away, just like we still have computers. But I think it's going to be more. It's going to be more about the screen and more about. Uh, and that's why I think the iPhone Plus is the future, and it's going to be more dedicated to doing specific tasks as opposed to um, being everything the the end all, the end all be all.
0: Right. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that you're just are never going to be done on the watch, but that's fine because there's still things that nah, never is maybe a stronger word, but that you're almost never going to do on your phone right? Like if you have to write, uh, if you're a graduate student, you have to write a dissertation, you're probably not going to do it on your iPhone, even on an iPhone Plus, although it's a lot more plausible now than it was before. Well, you're never going to do that on your watch. You're never going to write articles on your watch. Uh, You're not going to read articles, you know, like uh, somebody like me or you writes a thousand word essay on the watch or whatever new product comes out in five years. You're not going to read it on your watch. Although you might have it read to you by Siri, you know, that, that you know, over Bluetooth. But you're not going to actually read it visually like that. Um, but there's, like you said, there's an awful lot of things that you do read that are, you know, eminently readable and fittable on a screen that size. Well,
1: not just that, but this is where continuity, I think, is particularly interesting. Because yes. if, if the watch is always your first window into stuff, your first encounter with something, if you if, if it was totally seamless for you to immediately transfer that to a more suitable device... Um and not have to muddle around with syncing and all that sort of stuff, but you just you flick it over or something and now it's on your iPhone Plus or you want to type something so you put it over on your on your Mac. Like now I think that that's in a critical component. Like now a watch being the center makes a lot more sense if the if transitioning content to more suitable devices is is totally frictionless and totally easy. And I, I'm sure continuity will not be there this year but what 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 state will continuity be in, in in five five
0: years yeah they are they keep using the word personal uh and they used it on stage they reiterate it in a website it says it here apple watch this is from apple's website right on the overview Apple Watch represents a new chapter in the relationship people have with technology it's the most personal product we've ever made because it's the first one designed to be worn uh I do. I think that, you know, that I don't think they use words like that lightly. And I think that they mean it that we're going to have the way that we have, I think, I at least I do personally, I have more affection, personal affection to my iPhone than any other product. And more than the iPad, certainly more than the iPad, and, and more even than the Mac, even though I, you know, uh, started as, you know, a guy who most I, I you know, 10 years ago, I, I, I felt like I wrote more about Mac than I did Apple, right? Like, I, I never spent a lot of time at Daring Fireball writing about the iPods. I mean, I did, but it was never of as much interest to me as the Mac, even as the iPod grew to dwarf the Mac in terms of its financial relevance to the company, because it just wasn't what engaged me, whereas the phone does, right? Now, I think I write and think more about the phone than I do the Mac, even though I do all my writing and stuff on the Mac and I still love the Mac, but it is, there is something about the fact that it's with me all the time. And it's that first, you know, first responder for my attention. Hey, I'm bored. Give me something to do. It's the first thing that I do that it's, it is, it is more personal. And something on your wrist that you just have to twist your wrist to look at is another step up in being a personal relationship with technology from the phone. And I don't, I, you know, I think that they are, they're not, that's not, those words aren't empty. I think they really mean it. And I think it's based on their own, you know, usage internally of the thing.
1: And I think it's a it's reason to think why this will be a, a very successful category for Apple. Because, you know, that's every time technology gets more personal, like laptops are more personal than desktops. And I don't think it's any surprise that Apple's done better in laptops than they ever did in desktops. Uh, Tablets are more personal than, than Macs and they've done more than they've done better in tablets than they ever did in PCs. Uh, And phones are more personal yet. And that's their most successful product ever. Um, I I do think it's, it's totally reasonable. I I get where Mark was coming from. I think as far as like a worldwide phenomenon, like the device everybody will have, I think that like the, the, there's still the, the Delta between a watch and a, Uh, phone I'm not sure will ever be great enough to make it a universal like universally it will surpass the phone but I think for a certain type of customer again primarily an Apple customer uh, you know as in what I mean is someone who's tends to have a higher income tends to have a higher willingness to pay tends to be more focused on the experience of of using something Um, and again I say that in the gentlest way possible so no email please uh it's a very compelling market, and one that I think, uh, it, it, I think each time you make this stuff be more personal, Apple's addressable, Apple's percentage of the addressable market increases.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree, and that's a, a very keen observation on the shift. You know, as the industry shifted from desktop PCs to laptop PCs, it coincides with Apple rising out of the the decade-long malaise of pc market share
1: oh for sure that's it's a great point i I actually i just said it but i didn't quite make the connection either uh i mean the imac everyone looks at the imac but but even then the imac was the first computer people willing to put in the living room um but once it came to actually carrying something around
0: uh no it made it made a big difference that's that's really interesting yeah imac was just like a stop the bleeding thing and it wasn't a get people who'd never considered a Mac to use a Mac thing, whereas, you know, MacBooks were the thing that really did that. I keep coming back on the watch, and it my belief that it's a com- true it, – it, it, in its own way and in ways that we don't fully understand yet because I think they're being – A, they're, they're working on it and they don't – they can't really talk about it. And B, I think that they're very w- deliberately being secretive for the next few months because they don't want to give a competitive leg up uh, to the – companies who they think are going to copy it as best they can as quickly as they can uh, so I do think that they are being very cagey about some of the details here um, but that's I, I, one of the things I'm finding hard to square I'm convinced I don't know nobody at Apple said we're being pretty we're being secretive because uh, we don't want people to copy this but reading between the lines it is sort of what I was told not in so many words but it does seem like it you know in terms of why weren't why wasn't anybody at the event allowed to t- try a a version using the real software? Uh, part of it was that it wasn't ready, but th- in 2007 the iPhone wasn't ready when they announced it. You know, some of the apps were just screenshots, literally like I forget which ones, but like, like the, maybe like the stock widget or something or a calculator, like, but, but they let a handful of people like David Pogue and, uh, you know, probably Walt Mossberg, I'm sure. But a few of those guys on, you know, at January 2007, six months before it came out, they got to play with, a, a you know, an iPhone. Uh, they didn't hold anything back, you know. And even if some of the apps weren't finished yet and it, you just tap the app and it showed you a screenshot of what it would look like, that was what it was going to do and what it was going to look like. And the apps they showed on stage were the apps they shipped with. They didn't do that with the with the watch. And I think it's a secrecy type thing. But I don't know how to square that with what I'm about to say, which is I keep coming back. And I know I told you this offline. I keep going back to the image on Apple's website of the S1. It's on, you go to watch, and I think you go to technology. And you have to scroll down to get to it. But you go to the Apple Watch, you go to explore, you hit technology, and you scroll down. And they show the S1 and they say here's what they say about it. an entire computer architecture on a single chip. Massive constraints have a way of inspiring interesting creative solutions. A prime example is the custom designed chip at the heart of Apple Watch. No traditional computer architecture could fit within such a confined space. So we found a way to integrate many subsystems into one remarkably compact module. Module which is then completely encapsulated in resin to protect the electronics from the elements impact and wear, configuring an entire computer system on a single chip is an industry first and represents a singular feat of engineering and miniaturization they mentioned it in the event they're promoting it here they're showing it they're showing a guy you know a man's hand holding this tiny little chip you know i would i know it's an overused frame of reference but a more or less uh posted stamp size chip but it doesn't look like a chip there's no exposed electronics or transistors or anything like that it is encapsulated um, and so th- even though they're being so secretive I feel like that they're bragging about the s1 and and they're showing it and sh- showing that it's it's a module suggests so much about how they're going forward I think it suggests that the thing is a full computer it's not meant to be just a peripheral Which I think is what Android Wear is, and we can come back to that. Uh, You know, my understanding of Android Wear is that it's not in no way meant in the long run to be a standalone computing device. It's a permanent wrist-worn notification terminal for your phone, for your Android phone. Um, I think that in the way that in 2007, when they when Jobs first showed the iPhone. And said, and it runs OS X, you know, and that there was like a, you know, that the decades long, hey, what if Apple made a mini, you know, stripped down version of Mac OS that could run on a phone? Wouldn't that be great? Well, they did it. And everybody was like blown away that they were able to have a computer that could run Unix, you know, on a phone. Uh, and with, you know, OS X style graphics and stuff like that. And for- fortunately, not with Bash installed. Right. <laughs> i I think that they've taken as- it's a similar jump again in the same you know I keep coming back to this that the iPhone is to the watch what the Mac was to the iPhone I think they've made a similar jump in like miniaturization uh and encapsulation with this and that it's you know roughly you know in a way that it can be a computer it's going to be a computer and the the modularity of it is what I think. I really do think that that's the explanation, and we can get into this when we talk about pricing. That's the explanation for why would somebody spend $10,000 on a gold one when two years it's going to be technically outdated, is that I think that you'll be able to take it in for service and have that S1 popped out and replaced with an S3.
1: Yeah, this this is super interesting. Just one moment on that. I, I think the, um uh if I can go back to the Android Wear point for just a second, and then I think the whole retail experience and the and the potential upgradeability is super interesting, um, yeah. But i I think it's super significant. You highlighted it, they call the S one a computer, like they yes. they like this is the it's this is the fundamental point that that has changed where I've changed my thinking and is key is that Apple makes computers. They don't make accessories. The iPod was the exception. And this is another computer, and it has to be looked at in that in, in that light.
0: Yeah, they're not using a different language. You know, when they call the A7 and A8, all the A-line, they call them SOC, systems on a chip. And it's a CPU and RAM and I don't know what else, you know, on, in one. And it's it's more on a single chip than in a the PC world than we ever saw or have seen. Um, but it's not – you would never call it a full computer on a chip. Like they're calling it a full computer on a chip, which to me makes it sound as though if you replaced it with a different one, you'd still have the same screen. It's almost like turning a watch into like like a desktop PC, like where you could replace your PC and keep your monitor. Like you can replace the computer in the watch and keep the gold case and the sapphire display and the crown and all of your bands that you bought and you just get a new computer inside.
1: I just want—I do want to just acknowledge that I think Android Wear under the covers could be standalone from a technical perspective. Um, I just want, this so we don't get bad email, because people—I've actually been looking into this. Um, but I, I think the design—the design is always meant to be with a smartphone. So let's park that because. We're right. talking about the watch, but no, this is this is this is so interesting though because this is this is the thing that people think shouldn't be possible, right? There's always something right. in the that shouldn't be possible, right? right? And the, everyone thought that modularity was dead, right? With the MacBooks now, you can't change anything on your own. Uh, the phone, for sure. Remember when the phone came out and there was there was no external battery, and people were going nuts about it, like, oh my god, there's right. no external battery. And the, the thinking then was, you can never make something small enough. If you have the constraint of making stuff modular and being able to be easily removed. But what, what, it you know, I thought, I thought about last time we talked, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if the wearable, if Apple came up and said, oh, it has no screen, right? That would be like, oh my God, just like the phone. Oh, it has no right. keys. Maybe the, oh my God moment here is it is modular. It's, it's a computer. It can be changed out. We've totally like we've wept so far ahead here that no you can't do I'm sure no individual could do it but if you bring it into your Apple Watch shop uh they they'll be happy to do it for 500 bucks or whatever.
0: Yeah. And it maybe it won't even maybe it won't be offered on the uh, sport edition, you know, maybe it's only something for the 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 stainless steel and gold one because why if it let's say it costs $500 to upgrade or, or well, that's probably too much because if the starting price of the watch is three forty nine, you should you know well let's so let's call it two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. just to pick a number that's that's not painless. It's not pocket change, but it's reasonable. If you have a three hundred fifty dollar Apple Watch, you're not going to pay two hundred and fifty to get the S one replaced with an S two or an S three, when you could just spend 350 again and get a brand new one, which might actually be a little slimmer and smaller and have an updated industrial design. But if you spent 10 grand on an Apple, Apple watch edition and it's solid gold, uh, and it still looks great physically on the outside because it's unscratched because this display is Sapphire and the gold is special hardened gold. Um, you've already spent 10 grand on it, would you spend 250 to get to make it faster and have the battery last longer? And probably, you know, and I'm guessing as part of the service, they'll just put a new battery module in, um, you know, because yours has already been through 700, you know, recharge cycles. Uh, And that's, again, in this weird way that they are, even though it's truly a computer, they're, they're really only comparing it to the existing High-end watch world. There is no. They never use the word smartwatch. Never showed anybody else's. They're just acting as though Android Wear and the stuff Samsung's doing. They're just acting as though that stuff doesn't even exist. Um, but in the real, you know, high-end luxury watch world. When you buy a ten thousand dollar watch or a five thousand dollar watch, you, you do t- you do get it serviced every few years because as a mechanical device, it needs it, it needs you know expert attention every couple of years just to keep it in perfect working order. Um, it's expected, you know, and it's not free. You don't you don't you know you don't get free service on your your Rolex or Omega or whatever brand watch you have. But it, you know if you've already bought bought it for 10 grand and you want it to last a long time, a $200 service is, you know, something you don't even bat an eyelash at. And what's
1: so, what's so interesting about this idea. And so they, 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 speaking of accidental, accidental tech podcast, they discussed it at the beginning of this, of this. And I think um, all, all of them whose opinions I respect greatly were, were dismissive of the idea. I think John Syracuse put it as being a nerd fantasy, um, which, which in. It, some, it is. It, He's right. No, it it is. And in it, a way, it's like it's a you know, I think the comparison that he would make would be like the X Mac, right? Oh, why can't Apple make a desktop right. computer where I can change the parts and stuff like that? But I, I think uh the reason why I I'm I, I find this so compelling it would be very clear like all the available information that we have suggests that this isn't possible right that if you are actually making something so small and you want to maximize battery life like the last thing you want to do is is make any considerations towards towards modularity that said if you could do this so much about this product comes into clearer focus Right. The 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 gold edition, the idea that they're being like, imagine a just imagine let's play with this. Let's assume it's possible. Imagine in 10 years. Right. Oh, you have a first edition. Right, and it's it's not a first edition like I have the first iPod where it's nice that it sits on my desk. There's no way in the world I'd actually use it, but you have a first edition and you're still wearing it. Be like, oh, you got one of those back in the day. Like I, so I have a my I have one Swiss watch. It's uh it's a wedding present from my in laws. It's like a very traditional sort of wedding present, and um it's a it's a Montblanc. It, it, so they make pens, right? But they got They used to make watches like in the 1800s and then they stopped and they got back into watches. I like the first one they made when they came back. And like I I feel very proud of that fact that I have like their first one when they came back on the market. Um, Imagine imagine if if that was a selling point for for this watch or there was different additions and different designers and the the value of 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 the fashion, the value of the design. If you know it's timeless, um, used not making a pun there, but if you know like it's it's something that is not a throwaway object that just completely tilts the table when it comes to the importance of fashion, the importance of design, the importance of all this untangible stuff that Apple specializes in, and it's so it's like flipping the whole PC market on its head. The the way Apple was hurt before is because they couldn't keep up on all the component parts. But now, if they were really so far ahead, it actually
0: accentuates their biggest strengths. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and before we move on, I will say I, I know from uh, corrections from what I've speculated on Android Wear that Android Wear devices they do have gigabytes of local storage, they do have a full app SDK for running standalone apps, but there aren't many apps yet. But I guess they're they're coming soon. Um. And I think it therefore can can at least if not today is already as planned, you know, without any kind of, oh, now we're going to start doing more stuff like Apple, like things like playback of podcasts over Bluetooth or something like that. It, it seems like it's already planned for that. But it, it to me, though, I, I'm just guessing, though, that if you run any kind of like a benchmark or spec on an Android Wear device today versus this the first Apple watch that we see next year, it. I think we're going to be blown away by the difference in computing performance that they've put into the watch.
1: No, and this—I think this is really this is this is key because, like, remember Steve Jobs said the iPhone is five years ahead of the competition, and right. it turned out it actually was five years ahead of the competition. It was around 2012 that um, that Android, you know, really caught up. I mean, obviously. You and I certainly feel that, from an experience standpoint, the iPhone is still ahead. Um, from an app standpoint, I would I would say they are as far as quality of apps. But from a you know, are they in the same ballpark? Right, exactly, exactly. Right. And it took about five years. Yeah, and I think I think there is no. I think the the S one like right now it's arguable that Apple's greatest strength right now is is chip design, which is it's yes. pretty amazing. And and the S1 is is right in their wheelhouse. And this is the, actually there's one other point that I, I, I that I think is really interesting. It goes back to Bendgate, actually. A lot of people are saying about the iPhone. They said it before even Bendgate happened. Like, why can't they make it just a little bit thicker and give us more battery life? And um, and or back to the IMAX. Why are the IMAX? You know, why are they making them so thin? Like it's sitting on your desk. And uh, John Syracusa, who we love, everyone, our listeners all love, um, but his, maybe his all time favorite article that he's written uh, is something like, don't stop thinking about tomorrow or something along those lines. And basically he says that uh, when we look, when we look back, it seems like there's these, these breaks, right. Where we, we made these big leaps, like we leapt to the iPhone, all this sort of stuff. And he's like, but those leaps don't happen by chance. Like they happen because there's just constant, constant pushing, constant iteration, constantly figuring things out. And what I think is really compelling about the watch is the reason if Apple has, well, Apple's clearly done something very impressive from a technical perspective. If they've even done even more than seems possible and done this sort of modularity sort of approach, like the reason they can pull this off is because they've been making phones so thin. It's because they've been they, and what I mean by that is they've been pushing the envelope on things like thinness and on things like efficiency and on things like battery life, and and all that pays off when they're they're capable of making something like the watch uh, that is already way smaller than anything else on the market. Um, we don't know the battery life, but I I, I have to assume that Apple will. Um, you know, they want to make sure it lasts a full day before, before they, they say anything. Um,
0: but that's, that's the net result of all this stuff. That doesn't happen by accident. Right. And I think that it's, it's tough for um, a lot of people in the tech world with that tech-focused mentality to wrap their heads around this because they've always thought – they still think of Apple as a company that doesn't value performance as a top priority. Uh, that they, you know, they're a design company and then, you know, Macs. you you don't get a lot of bang for your buck performance wise with a Mac, which hasn't really been true for years. But put that aside, though, that people just underestimate that. I just don't think that they they, they get their heads around this about, like you said, like just how much Apple as a semiconductor company is leading the industry in terms of the, where they're interested, making things smaller and more efficient. Um I thought it was so telling that when non Tech ran their initial benchmarks of the new iPhones, that in most of the benchmarks, the iPhone 5S is still top five, sometimes third, just only behind the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus. A year later, you know, in a very competitive industry, I mean, arguably the most competitive industry in all of tech, with everybody, you know, you know, clawing at each other. um uh, And considering that the other guys are the ones who who more directly address the spec-driven market and that they still don't have phones that compete with the iPhone 5S or that surpass it at least – I think that's so super telling about how just how potentially uh, remarkable the S1 could be. And who knows, maybe we're making fools of ourselves and that the specs of the S, of the Apple Watch technically aren't going to be that remarkable compared to app uh, Android wear and other things, you know. Who knows? Maybe, you know, we're completely wasting our time and and fantasizing about this, but I can't help but think that they would not draw attention to it if it weren't something they were super proud of what, n- in that n-
1: way. Not just that, but this is this is like this is this should be the gating factor on where they should wait or not, because to want something that is that is underpowered that does not enable a platform would would be a mistake. Because you you, we, you once you if you start out with and and this is this is what I got this is what I so clearly got wrong and where why I, like, I I almost felt an urgency to correct myself is if you start out with just the mental model that this is an accessory like the iPod was an accessory, uh, you, you're you making fundamental, you're putting fundamental constraints on the product that that will determine the product's trajectory in the, in the long run, right? It's like Windows 8, right? Windows 8 uh, couldn't fully break away from being a desktop keyboard mouse and driven sort of thing. And that just, that, that has handicapped everything else. And that's an extreme example. But if you can't just flip a switch and say, Oh, software developer, you designed an app for the watch assuming the phone would be there, but now it's not there. Like there's that's very hard to overcome and that's going to be a challenge for Android Wear. Like Android Wear is very explicit right now, you have to have an a, an accompanying smartphone app. Right. Um, and and but that's only possible if the S1 is actually a real computer. Like that's only possible. Yeah. And so I, I presume it is. I think the modularity, if you can replace it, is definitely an open question. But man, it would be unbelievably compelling uh, if it was replaced. Yeah,
0: it's two. I guess it's two different issues. There's the first is just how much is this really a, a, a technically impressive computer? I think that's a sure thing. I I would I'm going to eat my hat if it's not a blow away technical device at a computer engineering level. Uh, is the 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 idea that a year later or two years later you could take it into the Apple Store and Get it replaced with an upgraded version. It that might be f- just pure fantasy on my part. Even if the the gold ones do cost five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars, even if they do, it really might be the case that you you on you know you've you, okay. Thanks for your five thousand dollars, but two years from now you're going to need to spend another five thousand to get a better one. It might be. I would you know I don't think that's out of hand, but I do think though it's way more compelling if if it's not. Uh, let me do the third sponsor, but remind me, I'm going to, here's the the topic that I want to come back to after this is if it is modular in terms of being replaceable, would Apple tell us that in January or would they wait a year before they say that? So think about that, think about that and we'll come back to it. But right now I want to thank our third and final sponsor of the show, another new sponsor, really, really happy to have um, these guys here. It is uh, NEED, N-E-E-D. NEED is a refined retailer and lifestyle magazine for men. Each month, NEED curates and sells a limited quantity of exclusive products from the world's top men's brands. These are collections. that are presented in the form of like a monthly editorial built around a certain theme. Uh, and they're shot with beautiful photography by, by local independent photographers. Um so stuff like clothing, you want to stay up to date, you want to look stylish, you want to stay up to date on men's fashion, these guys will help you. But it goes beyond that. It's not just clothing. They also sell coffee, they sell literature, furniture, uh, and so forth. Just about anything you might be interested in, anything where design matters, uh, need has issues uh, surrounding those things. Uh, soon they're going to localize to certain cities around the world, the first of which is going to be London. Uh, so that'll be of keen interest to all of you guys who, who you know, the listeners over in the uh, UK. Um, they just launched need volume eight assembly. That's the theme and it features some of the best products uh, for evenings with friends hosting parties that sort of thing assembly in terms of you know, assembling you and your friends and family together. Um, they've got favorites like the Stuart throw Schwood sunglasses uh, and the classic Oxford Watch, which is a really cool classic watch. Um, Here's where you go to find out more. Their website is neededition.com. That's edition like the edition edition of a magazine. Neededition.com. And they have a special offer for talk show listeners. Anyone who places an order with need and you're sent from the show, go there, order, and then send an email to hello at neededition.com. Hello at neededition.com with the subject line, this is the code, no spoilers. And then after you've, you've place the order, then you just shoot them an email and send them that code word in the subject, no spoilers. Write it down. Put it in your Vesper. Uh, they'll throw in a bunch of extras with your order, uh, extra magazines, custom field notes, socks, scarves, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and you'll be put on a list to get 25% off your next order, maybe the next month when the next issue comes out. So just remember that. Hello at needEdition.com after you place an order with no spoilers as the subject. It's sort of a low, low-tech, uh, hand-delivered uh, product code just for listeners of the show. So my thanks to them. Really great stuff. Really impressive uh, design and curation. Really, these guys find stuff that I've never heard of, and it's it's really really cool stuff. Uh, absolutely, positively worth your attention and, and trying this out. So my thanks to Need. All right, I told you to remember what I what did I want to ask you? Uh, if
1: if when they introduce if it is modular, if it's modular, will they, will they say so right up? Top will them? they tell us? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean like i said if it's modular it changes the entire perception and con- conceptualization of what this of what this is right? It, right it goes it changes from being another a very pretty and and cool yet disposable item to being like something meaningful right the way the way yeah. a watch is meaningful like a high a high end watch is meaningful and uh no, I I think it would be I think it's difficult to overstate uh, what a difference that would make um, in the way people think about the entire the entire category and in, in the entire watch. And that, by the way, that would I mean that would just pull the rug out from all the Android Wear devices in just a you know pretty unbelievable way. I mean, the, it would very clearly Apple would be setting themselves up as uh, we are the Swiss, but with a relatively you know we're a swatch all the way up to cartier yeah um right v- and you guys uh you can have you know you're the casios of, of the market or, or stuff like that um and right. no i, I of course that, that would be a central a
0: key point in my opinion yeah, I th- I think so too. The only reason I could think that they wouldn't is if they're unsure. If it's like that's their hope and that's their plan, but they don't want to promise it in advance because what if something comes up and with the, the way that they want to make the S two, it's not socket compatible with you know with the S one.
1: Yeah, well, I I think though, the S two. I don't already, know though. The, the S two is already on the drawing board at, at, at least. Um, and, and not right. just that, but the, the it's the first edition that's going to have the biggest battery life challenges. That's going to have all these sort of things. And it, like, for example, if, if to to make something modular, even if it has to be done by a technician, right? To make anything modular, you're you're making some sort of trade off in space, in particular. Space is the, is the biggest one by far, and right. that is such a massive constraint right now that if they're willing to make that trade off in version one they they're only going to make that trade off if if they're if they're they're not going to do that for optionality they're going to do it because they think right. there's a and, payoff
0: there and ways that it would work if you just think wow yeah you know, it, so it just sounds so crazy it just sounds so crazy cuz apple's the company that famously got scorched like you said for not having a replaceable battery user replaceable battery but you can replace your battery i'll just point out You've always been able to replace your battery in your phone by taking it into Apple and having a you know it's just that you can't pop off the back yourself and put a replacement in it's not user swappable throughout the day yep. but it is you know certainly modular in terms of if your battery is if you got a bad battery or an old battery you can go in and get a new one um, but the, the way that things evolve the way computers evolve, certainly personal computers is they get smaller and more efficient. Um, so as the S one gets smaller and more or you know, the S series gets smaller and more efficient over the years, there's always gonna be room in your original twenty fifteen Apple Watch for the new smaller S. Right, exactly. S exactly. Because like the, the, the right? future,
1: like the next version of the physical hardware could be smaller, and that's not a problem for the original. Because the original if you presume that right. this will be the biggest the it ever is, um right. which is a which is an exceptionally reasonable position to take right.
0: certainly the thickest it's ever going to. right be. i mean because that like like you know that's certainly one of the knocks against it from a watch person's perspective specifically called out by by ben climber of Hodinky, that it does sit a little high on your wrist and therefore you know that the issue with a watch that's physically thick is it's you know your your shirt sleeves might get caught on it um and it would leave room, if, if I'm correct, too, that if there is a swappable strategy, you know, an upgradable strategy, that they're going to do the battery along with the S1 because batteries, you know, deteriorate over time. And they're expressly, one of the few things they're telling us already is that you will need to charge it every day. So it's going to go through a lot of, uh, you know, uh, if you use and like your Apple Watch, you're going to go through close to 365 upgrade, you know, battery cycles a year that they'll do that too. But then if the S1 shrinks a little every year, then they can make the battery a little bigger. Well,
1: year. not just that, but battery technology, unfortunately not fast enough, right. but it does improve, you know, regularly. Um, right. The other thing, just a, a side note, I think th- one of the other things that changed my mind about the iWatch that needs to be more, not less, is uh, the reason we, like, an iPhone was was terrible at battery life compared to what was on the market uh, and it, but we put up with char- – like it was – people couldn't believe, are you going to really charge your phone every night? But yeah. people did it because it was so much better. And yeah. I think that's another reason to presume that Apple is – wants the watch to do so much more, that it's so compelling that you will put up with charging. The way to overcome charging every night is to not – to make a watch that lasts for two weeks because that's impossible. The way to overcome it is to make it worth the trouble,
0: right? Of bringing an extra adapter
1: and and everything. right. It you no. Know. So, what do you think the retail experience? I mean, especially if if there's changing batteries and or changing processors.
0: Well, I think it starts. Uh, let's take another step back and and it hit on another topic from the ATP recently, which was, wait a minute, isn't this, uh. Un Apple like, like the Apple, and and you know, I think it was one of Marco's lines. And but I've seen this all across the web that the 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 what we think of as the Apple way to do it is to make one Apple watch the first year, and it would be compelling to everybody, men and women. It would be, let's you know, let's just split the middle instead of 42 and 38 millimeter, let's call it 40 millimeter, uh, appealing to men and women possibly even one color and one type of band and that's it. And then maybe over years it would, maybe the product line would grow. And that is, you know, and it would be, you know, an aluminum and glass type thing that sells for 350 bucks, a price that all existing Apple customers can afford. Uh, that this idea of selling what I think are going to be $1,500, $2,000 stainless steel ones and 5,000, $10,000 gold ones, uh, all of it coming out at once, doesn't that mean that Apple as we know it is over and it's, it's you know, whether it's for better or for worse, it's different uh, or it doesn't even make sense. And because you know what? That's funny thing too is I don't know how many people who listen to the show are going to disagree with us, but at least on Twitter, when I wrote my piece, you know, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, man, I mean, a lot of people are like, wow, that was really insightful. You really opened my eyes. I think you're onto something here. And then there was an awful lot of vitriol. I got more negative feedback on that piece than... Anything that I've written in a long time, and these are this is from people who I think usually agree with or like what I have to say about Apple. But there, I mean, there were people who are saying things like, "If the gold one even costs twice the 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 the, you know three hundred fifty dollars, that that you know they're going to lose their shit." It, It it's and I don't think people get. I don't think what I don't think people get is just how different this is. From anything Apple's done before. It's not right at you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you're thinking about it in a context of how Apple has done things in the past. I completely
1: agree. Like it, 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 what's interesting about um <laughs> it's funny, I mentioned that my criti- critical of the watch piece uh it was both very popular, it was widely shared, like hundreds and hundreds of tweets. Um my uh my recent piece, the one that you linked well, let's use that one as an example. Like you've linked to several of my pieces in the past. Usually they are both you know, they get a lot of views and they're also shared a lot on Twitter. My one this week has gotten a lot of views, but it's it's hardly gotten shared on Twitter at all. And right. what's interesting is I think it's 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 actually of a piece with the pricing thing. And what I mean by that is I I, I think and I'm I think it's why it's been so hard to articulate. I think it's why Apple's had a hard time articulating, is that if if we are right that Apple is like Apple is going for this. Future that is just wildly more ambitious than anyone I think was originally thinking about. And that might be from a price perspective, it might be from a style perspective, it might be from a performance perspective, it might be from an OS perspective. Uh, It's it's almost like people, like, yeah, it just doesn't fit with anyone's model of the way things ought to be. And I think a lot of people uh, just. And some people very strongly disagree. I've definitely heard from them, but I think a lot of people just they're not they don't know what to think. It's just like what it, it just it, I, I don't know what to think. Like what's what's going on here? I think the price thing is is very much of a piece with that. I mean, the idea that Apple would sell a th- <laughs> from a tech person perspective, an identical device for 10 times or more, the price of another identical device just does not compute.
0: Right. In a way that, like, and to go back to the car analogy, that, you know, like, Casey made the point to Marco that, hey, you've got a a BMW M5, uh, you know, that costs triple what even a regular, you know, nice car costs, and you're still bound by the same speed limits, and even if you want to disobey the speed limits, you can't go that much faster, you know, than than the speed limit and, and you know maintain any kind of you know reasonable safety marco i believe does not do any kind of recreational auto racing you know which some people do some people do you know go on test tracks and stuff like that um you know it, it's but it still is a better car technically than uh Acura or something like that. It's, you know, technically, uh, engineering-wise, it's a better car. Whereas the computer inside the Apple Watch Edition is, I believe, going to be the exact same computer in the apple watch sport yep no and and it it it
1: goes back full circle because what apple is selling now and they've always sold this but it's always been it's always been the frosting on the cake right but now like it is the cake what they're selling is they're selling the intangibles they're selling there's like gold the idea of gold being more valuable is is a pure human construct right there's nothing like right gold doesn't really have any innate applications that meet that the reason gold is more valuable is because we as a human race have decided that gold is more valuable like
0: it's complete its value is almost completely intangible right when you're in a museum and you see like an old very old like a sword or a weapon that's made or crafted partly out of gold that's it's certainly not because gold made for a stronger sword a weaker sword you know yeah Right, it's you know almost if, if, you know it's a showpiece. It's effectively useless in a real combat, um, but it's you know it it, it signifies something else entirely. And this,
1: this is I, I I feel like this this in particular, and you nailed it by saying it's it's going to be culture shock. This is just completely anathema to the traditional tech mindset and 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 the geek mindset that I think is very you know is very focused on. Efficiency—that's very folk in efficiency in all means, not just efficiency in computing, but efficiency in using money, efficiency in how you live your life. Uh, like, I want to have a hack where I can, I can get this experience for a tenth of the price than I than I should otherwise, or something along those lines. Like Apple, like a gold edition watch, is the exact opposite direction. It's more expensive for the sake of being expensive, and I don't mean that in. A, people have made the analogy to the "I am rich" app. Um, no, it, it's it's yeah. not it's not that because the the benefit accruing to the person using that is um, at a very superficial level, I suppose I, I can see the analogy. But it's again, the, I think the 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 class here has to be the luxury, the luxury goods market where yeah. um, the reality is the reality is uh, most luxury items are less functional than
0: uh, than the cheaper alternatives. Um, right, but and famously in the watch world, famously the the, the a quartz watch, a a twenty dollar quartz Timex keeps better time than a twenty thousand dollar. Oh yeah,
1: I mean my, my watch is 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 terrible. Like it's always off. Um, and, and but just because just because it's not tangible doesn't mean it's not real. And and, and what right. I mean, and it's not real, and it's not real in a like marketing artificial sense. Like it's people actually care about this and they've cared about it for, for thousands, millions of years. Like this isn't a fluke that people value that people value. by <laughs> I'm, I'm being very expressive right now. My wife just looked in the window because I look out on the porch and I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, but, uh, uh, it's very, it, it, people care about this stuff in a very real way. They've cared about it for millions of years. It's not a fluke. And what Apple's tapping into is, is a real thing.
0: I think, and I'm trying to think about the other I's and T's I want to cross here. One of the things I want to talk about, and just sort of pure tangent, but Wi Fi. The, the Apple Watch does have some sort of Wi Fi. But they call it, Apple calls it that it has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. I, I'm not quoting here, but it's to, to stay in touch with your iPhone. So I think what they're saying, and I asked and could not get a, an actual straight answer, but the insinuation was that it's like the back-channel Wi-Fi or whatever you want to call it, ad hoc Wi-Fi, where it uses Wi-Fi like the way that you can do things now like pairing a keyboard with, you know, your Apple TV and stuff that you can do these things without getting it on the network first, or or the way uh, AirDrop works, right? That you can AirDrop things to people over Wi-Fi without being on the same Wi-Fi network. Right. right? The, nego- the negotiation
1: happens over Bluetooth, but then it uses Wi-Fi. For yeah,
0: Wi-Fi. I think that's the Wi-Fi that it has. Like, it's not that you could go out without your phone. Go to Starbucks and get on Wi-Fi and have iMessages show up and get your email to show up. I don't think, but they didn't. They they haven't expressly ruled that out. So I, I have to. We have to file it in the big pile of I don't knows. But the strong hint that I got was that it doesn't have like true independent Wi-Fi. Like go get on a Wi-Fi network without outside tethering range to your iPhone. It's a way to use Wi-Fi to extend the tethering range to your iPhone.
1: Yeah. I believe which 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 makes sense. I mean, if if that that sounds really like a user interface disaster to have to like join random Wi-Fi networks, Um, and if like it's almost like simpler to just say it it works with your iPhone, Um, and then once once you can do it all, do it all
0: right. It's like like resolution independence, right? I do think, though, that that's how the product will evolve, though, is that before it gets cellular, it it would, I mean, it absolutely makes sense to have Wi-Fi first. It consumes, you know, less battery, just like the way the iPod Touch, as a Wi-Fi-only device, has always been thinner than the iPhone. It still is. Even today, the two-year-old iPod Touch design is thinner than even the iPhone 6 um, because it's, you know, there's less stuff you have to put in there to just do Wi-Fi. so I think it would make sense for a future version of Apple Watch to have, I don't know what to call it, real Wi-Fi support, where you can use it as an independent device anywhere you have Wi-Fi before it even gets cellular networking. But I don't think it's going to be there this year. That's interesting. But it would be a nice surprise. It would be a nice surprise if it maybe, were. Maybe, the, maybe they're
1: waiting they're... to see where, where they can get battery life, too. Like, if, if yeah. the battery life ends up being sufficient to enable it, they will, and if it... If like that's a that's a big potential area. If like they just can't get the
0: battery to be good enough, well, we'll cut this, and then that gives us an extra hour or two hours. Yeah, uh, a repeated strain of criticism of my uh, uh, assumption. I, I I bank on it that three forty nine means Apple Sport, and it's aluminum and what they call what do they call Ion X glass. Uh, it's a glass display and an aluminum case. So in other words, it's like iPod iPhone build quality and materials that's 349 stainless steel is going to be more expensive because the stainless steel just plain Apple watch is in addition to being stainless steel it's a sapphire display Um, and stainless steel is not that expensive a material but it's you know if you look at what stainless steel high-end watches cost they cost you know four digits not three digits usually or or, and if they do cost three digits they're lesser brands and they're close to a thousand dollars. Uh, and the gold one, I'm telling you, is going to be a lot of money. But a lot of people said, well, no, no, no. I, you know, Apple Watch is the one that just is called Apple Watch. That's the one that's got to be $349 because it's just called Apple Watch. Apple Sport must be a little bit more expensive or something. Like it's optimized for working out or something like that. And it's made of aluminum to be lighter weight. Uh, and that only the gold one's going to be more expensive. And that if you look at the way they put them on the page, they put Apple Watch first. Then Apple Sport or Apple Watch Sport, and then Apple Watch Edition. What sense would it make to arrange them like that? Uh, I, I think these people are just the people who think that are just you're you're just looking at this all wrong. I don't think it's a coincidence that Apple Watch, the stainless steel one, which I think is probably going to cost like maybe like nine ninety nine. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's first. I think Apple might honestly think it might be the the best selling one that the. The low-end one may not be the the best-selling, in the same way that the iPhone 5C did not outsell the 5S last year.
1: It's it, no, that's that's a that's a great analogy to the to the S and C, and I, I think the which one sells more will come back to the modularity question. I know that would certainly change the product that I would buy. Um, you know. But just because I, as much as I like to talk about the, these intangible aspects and things about, about Apple, um, <laughs> I'm enough of a geek that I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend a few thousand dollars on a device that's going to be obsolete in two years.
0: Yeah. I, you know, but I definitely think though that people are just, they're, they just cannot wrap their heads around the fact that the default model is not going to be the low end model. No. I- and it's, again. I think the phone is the way to look at that. The default iPhone, the one that they expect most people to buy, is the iPhone six. No, for
1: sure. And this and this gets back to why even. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I'm I'm I harp on this a lot, but the the you can't understand, in my opinion, like you cannot understand product development at Apple without thinking very strongly about the Asian market in general and the Chinese market in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: so th- there's that term. Let's throw it out there veblen, veblen good. Yeah, Veblum. some people
1: just drive them up the wall because they're like, it's not really a real construct. I and it, I get what they're saying. Basically, the idea is, uh, when you in general, uh, the demand curve works that the cheaper something is, the more it sells. And I think in general, that that's true for everything, right? If if an iPhone were cheaper, it would sell more. Um, but the the idea of a veblen good is that it's a product for which the more expensive it is the more desirable it becomes um and this this idea certainly um this d- this is the case for for some luxury goods i i mean i think where the confusion is it doesn't necessarily mean they sell more right a a a, a hermes bag sells they sell fewer bags than louis vuitton but they are way more desirable and they're way more uh, a signifier and of they status wouldn't-
0: And they wouldn't be as desirable if they were priced exactly 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 right. They would not become more 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 popular. And so there's there are there are brands. Um,
1: I think Coach is is something like this where they've they've vastly increased their sales. They've made a lot of money. Like Coach has the whole like Coach Retail or uh uh what's the word Uh, Outlet Coach Outlet, and it's a very it's a different it's a different uh, design like all designs are different than actual coach stores but they actually make most of their money there and they sell way more there's lines out there you know uh, building all the time um but it has absolutely at least in my estimation my observation uh and again this is where i i was grumpy my wife distracted me before but this is where i owe her a lot uh it's changed what coach means as a brand it's become a lot less meaningful, a lot less of a signifier of 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 anything, you know, of
0: it's like status. a like a mid class. It's like a mid class brand instead of a, a upper class. Absolutely. Brand, Ab- not 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 class for people, but just where they are competitively with their you know, that they're it's it's above, you know, it's more in line with like Michael Kors. Or something right.
1: Exactly. Like when, when I think 10, 15 years ago, it was it was more on, you know, the low still the lower end of luxury but now it's not it's it's borderline luxury at all and um and that's fine it's worked out well for them as i understand it i think they're i think they're doing pretty well although i think it, they i think over the long run i think they they, they may be tapering off a bit now but uh yeah. but no in 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 china and in stuff like this and this is like the it's gotten a lot better but especially even a year ago the analysis of the iphone in China was just so wildly off base right like people when the 5c came out there was all these articles saying oh a 5c is equivalent to the average monthly wage uh, in China that's that's a right. completely meaningless statistic it means absolutely nothing because there's so much inequality right there and there's so many right. people that by definition there's a lot of people that are make way more than the average average monthly salary and the iPhone uh is selling to those people and not just that but in 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 that culture, and it's the same thing here in Taiwan, which is obviously, you know, it's Chinese, but I think a lot of Chinese influenced cultures, the idea of displaying wealth uh, is much more socially acceptable than it is in the west right to to like mark to go back to atp like we owe them for this episode but marco talked about how right. he, he would judge someone that walked in with the
0: gold phone and james on my uh, on the podcast with me said the same thing uh that's the exact yeah marco's example was do you think that next year at wwdc that we'll go out for beers at the uh, house of shields or something and is anybody in our indie crowd going to be wearing a gold apple watch and he said i'd be embarrassed if I had. Right, exactly. And which is a reasonable, it's totally a reasonable thing to say. And I know exactly what he's talking yep. about. But I think, I think he's wrong. I think there will be people wearing him. And, but I also think though that it would be something that it, it, it might carry a twinge of embarrassment in some context. Whereas you're saying like in Asia, it would not, you know, that there is, it, it's, there's, I, you know, can't put it better than you did, that it's different. I wouldn't be surprised if we see, uh, it, it, I, again, Apple probably wouldn't break this down, but maybe they would. But like an incredible disparity in the breakdown of, of, uh, you know, like almost, almost like an inversion, you know, just totally different chart of how many of which model are selling Apple Watch, uh, being off the charts different in Asia than in, in the West. Yeah, well,
1: I, for just sure. A, well, I, I would imagine just the color of iPhones. Right, it is almost impossible to see an iPhone five C or five S here in taiwan that's not gold like Hmm. uh, if you see 10 iphone 5s nine of
0: them are gold uh like it's and that and that's truly cosmetic because it's not gold gold it's gold color right but that's
1: again so i guess it's not a perfect signifier but the idea of like gold especially is is very meaningful it's a very like there's all this like all this stuff about it's weird, like the the relationships of of ch- with the Chinese with money is very very different than the West. Like in the West, especially in America, there's this, this kind of you know Puritanist like um, you know you ought to be humble and 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 hide your wealth and and things like that. Not at all the case here. Like money and the idea of money is everywhere. Gifts are money. Like the, the idea of giving presents right. is is. is different. You you give money. Um, when you go to a wedding, for example, you bring an envelope, you give it to them. They pull out the, they have someone sitting at the door, they pull out the money, they count it and they write it down. So there's a list of how much everyone made. And it's like, it's, they just do it right there. Like it, it's, it's And it's not it's not weird, right? You have Chinese New right. Year and you eat these dumplings that are meant to look like money, like old, old kind of money. So the idea is so you can make more money in the next year. Like just and it sounds I know it sounds totally bizarre to people in the West to have this like fixation with money, but it's not it's not weird here. It's just like that's just it is, it, is, the, it way is. the way it is. And right. and the iPhone absolutely fits into this where people absolutely without a question cannot be disputed, will buy an iPhone simply because it's the most expensive and it shows that you can afford an iPhone. And th- without a doubt, the gold watch will fit in here. Even if it is disposable, even if it can't be replaced. People will buy a five thousand dollar gold watch because it's a five it's a it's a gold watch and it's in even more so it's on your wrist all the time. People will see it all the time. And 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 that's okay, like, and that's, it's not frowned upon at, by any means, it's, it's, it's something everyone
0: aspires to. Right. There's two types of, in broad strokes, two types of people who buy an expensive watch, there's the crowd, there's a the type of person who buys one and selects one, probably a Rolex, because Rolex is the by far the preeminent brand, but and selects not just any Rolex, but one that is gaudy, yep. you know, maybe diamonds around the bezel or something like that. Because they want people to see that they're wearing a diamond bezel Rolex. And then there's the type who might spend even more, like $85,000 on a watch. Uh, I just saw one on Hodinki that was eighty-five grand, But that it's like a watch guy's watch. And nobody, no typical person would even notice that it's anything except other watch people. And a, it's, you know, maybe in a course of a week, only one person who would see you wearing that watch would know what it is. But that to that that person knows exactly what it is. And it's like a like being in a secret society. Right. And I think that. that and so I think the gold Apple watch is the, is that's not the second. The gold Apple watch is the but, first. But it is. I've I bought the gold. Apple. But watch. it would be the second if it were modular. That's
1: what's so interesting about it. Right.
0: Well, I think the stainless steel is sort of that, though. The stainless steel is because it's stainless steel, and a couple people have pointed this out. I, it, It's hard to see online. It's the sort of thing that does not photograph well. Jewelry, jewelry in it never photographs well. Um, but the stainless steel is polished, and it is shiny. I can vouch for that, having seen it and, and tried one on. Um, and the aluminum Apple sports watch is more like it's, a, I don't know if it is brushed aluminum or whatever, the sandblasted thing, whatever they do you know, like to the brand new iPhone 6. You know, it's it's not a polished, shiny material. It's, you know, it's it's matte. But at a glance, it would be very difficult to see whether somebody's wearing a stainless steel one or the aluminum one. And the bands are, to answer a very common question, the bands are interchangeable between all of them. Now, 38 and 42 millimeters take different size bands. But if you buy a stainless steel Apple Watch, you could buy, you, you know... You, you can fit any of the other bands on it that are meant for the larger size.
1: Right. No, I, I think that's um the the band thing are they going to come with like it seems to just on the site that the aluminum watches will be available with a certain set of bands and the stainless steel ones will be available with a different set and I get you can change them after the fact. But when you buy it or, yeah. up front are are your, your options limited?
0: I don't know, I don't think they've answered that yet, and that gets into the retail thing. I mean, we're pushing on the two and a half hour mark here, so it kind of like this is hurry, but uh, I do think that the retail question is fascinating in terms of how are you going to, how what are your configuration options going to be, and how are they gonna set that up in the store and I, I said it right away, I said right away I thought, man, this is why angela aren't why a why they hired her and b why she took the job because it's it you know there's a clear enormous challenge ahead to turn the Apple stores as we know them into um, a place where you would buy stuff like this. And then how much are they going to keep in stock? We are you going to be able to buy the gold one in an Apple store. Are they going to sell them at places like Tourneau? you know, places that, that sell, you know, a variety of, you know, uh, uh, like Tourneau is a, a reseller of wristwatches, but you can buy different brands. It's not just, just Rolex or just Omega or whatever they, you know, whether it be like an Apple kiosk in a well, Toronto where you buy the addition Well, here here's something that's interesting: is it was rumored,
1: um, it was rumored before the event that Apple was in negotiation, was talking with Nordstrom about uh, right. the Apple Pay thing, but Nordstrom wasn't wasn't up on the screen when they talked about. Right. They talked about you know th- several other retailers, but not Nordstrom. Nordstrom actually makes a lot of sense for a gold watch. Like they Nordstrom plays right. – they don't play in the very high end, but they play in the medium end right. of uh, – especially when it comes to bags and stuff like that in luxury. They sell luxury goods. They don't sell the crazy expensive luxury goods, but they sell kind of the mid-range luxury. And I wonder – Right. They don't have the $85,000 watch, but they they might have – easily could have a 5000 Right, exactly. Watch. And I think that's I, – I, I wonder if – um you know i i think you linked to or i linked to the 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 robert X. kringley and i know i know he's a controversial figure yeah. but i thought this particular column was was very interesting where he surmised that the gold would mostly be at jewelers and would
0: yeah i think he's back on his good meds or something
1: <laughs> i thought so <laughs> yeah i got i got uh, some flack for even linking to him at all um but the other thing too is this is an advantage. I, I I suspect Apple did want to be there by the holidays, just because who wouldn't? But I I think this is an All advantage right. to being in the spring, where you can't really rework the stores in the run up to the holidays, right? There, it's it's just yeah. a madhouse yeah. in there. Whereas in the spring, there's a lot more latitude to to move stuff around. I stuff don't
0: even like think that. they came close What at whatever point where they thought maybe they would launch in time for holiday 2014 that was a long time ago, maybe even a year ago. I, I would be shocked if even at the beginning of this year there was any hope that they would do it. You know, I, I, I think, you know, and honestly, I mean, just think about just when did Angela Arntz come on board? I don't think she came on board full time until June or May or something like that. Uh, oh, that reminds me of one thing about the retail thing.
1: Um, The the most interesting – I think we talked about this on the last time I was on the show. But one of the most interesting hires they made was the LVMH guy. And what was interesting about it was that he wasn't a product guy. He was a channel guy. And by channel, right. I mean like where your products are sold. So he helped negotiate like for um Tag Heuer, like where Tag Heuer watches were sold, which meant he had lots of relationships with um, – with places like Nordstrom, with department stores, so here in Asia, like it's all department stores. Like there are no malls per se. There, there, there are department stores where it's one entity, but within that, there's like sub shops, basically. And all these have luxury goods, and they have boutiques and stuff like that within within the thing. And there's definitely a it's a different sort of retail environment than anyone at Apple would have had experience with
0: with previously. Yeah. LVMH for for those who don't know is the Louis Vuitton Moet. uh parent yeah. company Moet Hennessy yeah, yeah Moet Champagne right so it's
1: Hennessy H- and then Hennessy <laughs> uh, cognac um, right but they they have a whole portfolio of stuff I think they have Dior they have like a whole they're, they're, they have a ton of brands um, super interesting company yeah. actually uh, but yeah. uh, that hire was interesting
0: because of, because of the channel angle. Um, right. All of his experience, all of his experience points to the. the thing I think I, I can't imagine. I mean, anybody can always change course, careers. You know, change career course, and do something different. But if he's going to do anything based on what he did at LVMH, it would be getting the Apple Watch into other retailers. Right, and and the sort of retailers that would sell Tag Heuer
1: watches. Right, and Tag Heuer is not selling. Three hundred
0: or the places that are selling Heuer watches are not selling swatches, like $300 yes. watches. So a few more points. Uh, one I wanted to hit, uh, I think the last one from ATP follow-up, but uh, John Syracuse, uh, I think he said, you know, in terms of quantity, clearly the, the sport edition is, is going to outsell the, the gold edition. I keep calling them editions. And they call the Apple calls them collections to avoid calling it the Apple Edition <laughs> Edition. So, so the Apple Sport collection is going to outsell the Apple edition collection in terms of quantity. Uh but I am not entirely sure at all that in terms uh, and this is in contrast to his take, I don't know that Apple Edition Collection might be the one that makes the most revenue. Well, the most I think profit. It, it'll be so Yeah, profit and revenue that it, you know, that they're going to it is not just even if it's I I think it's going to sell more than 1% of the unit. But even if it only sells 234%, I think it's going to be so expensive that it will it will easily be, you know, 10 or 20 times more profitable than the $349 one. And so even if it only sells 5% of the units worldwide, that's 50% of the revenue. No, for sure. And the
1: other thing, too, is if, if this is another reason to presume that Apple's being more ambitious than less when it comes to the functionality of the watch, because if it turns out to be a watch that you want to wear every day, um, you're almost certainly going to buy additional bands. Right and and right. I, some of those bands are not going to be cheap and especially if you're buying a gold edition and you actually use it and you actually it becomes it becomes a regular part of your life. Um, you're gonna want to have different bands for to make it fit in different occasions. And uh, what what's 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 so Apple about this? And you you nailed this in a wink yesterday. Um, about you know, there is the, you winked an article where I think Amir Freddie said they, they don't want to cannibalize phones. No, not not only is it right, not only is it key to Apple's longevity and success that they are willing to cannibalize their own products. What's so brilliant about Apple is they have always cannibalized their products with more profitable products. And, and, right. and, and the iPad it has better margins than a Mac. Uh, an iPhone not only has better mar- margins than an iPod, it's also way more expensive. So they're getting more on the top and bottom line. Like if you're going to cannibalize your products, it, wouldn't it be great if you could do it with an even more expensive object? And <clears throat> if you're talking about having an eye, a watch that is the center of your existence in five, six years from now, and oh, by the way, you paid $2,000 or $5,000 for it plus a bunch of like $500 accessories – um, Apple's pretty OK with you using your iPhone just a little bit less than you did before.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I'm in terms like you said, are you how customizable is it going to be when you buy it? I presume if you order it online, it's going to be completely customizable. You get whatever band, um, whichever one you want. I don't know. But if you go in and they only have a couple of presets set up that you've you know picked from these to start with, and if you want to buy a second band, buy a second band. One of the things that's interesting to me, and I don't know how it's going to work out, is the have you noticed this? that the 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 side of the digital crown, like the part if you were going to press it in the digital crown, is colored uh, to match the band, like when I saw one like uh, the the smaller size with the red like a, a rich maroon band. The button wasn't black, it was maroon, it matched right, the band. Right,
1: but only uh on, not on all the editions. So Sport, for example, they're all the same. I think that's on yeah. the
0: edition yeah. edition. Yeah, it's on the, yeah, the edition <laughs> edition. Uh, so that says to me that they're going to be, um, that they're going to be matched, yeah, sold as a unit with a band, and you can buy another band, but then, like, if you buy, like, a white band, you're still going to have the red button on the, on the side, uh who knows but i did think that was interesting and it jumped out at me and i don't i don't know um yeah i'm just i'm looking through the site now it's only the
1: edition that has different color buttons the stainless steel is all black and the sport is always just aluminum so that's another kind of signifier of which of which one you bought
0: right um uh, I did notice. I I saw Johnny Ive at the event, and he was wearing uh, the Edition Edition, but he had it on a sport band. Um, uh, I couldn't tell. I I uh, saw him on stage, and I also saw him walking by. I saw Tim Cook walking by. Uh, he was either wearing the the stainless steel one or the sport one. I, again, like I said, at a glance, you know, and while he's walking in motion, it was too hard to see how shiny it was. But he also was wearing the sport band which I thought was kind of interesting that they they, both wore the sport band, even with the one that I think is going to be multiple thousands of dollars.
1: Uh, that is interesting. I mean, you think that they would have at least a prototype in the lap that they could wear, even if they weren't, you know, widely available.
0: All right. Well, no, they, well, they had the bands, you know, there for us to, in the press to to try. You know, we could try on all the bands, uh, you know, but the ones that they're wearing is like their, their actual daily use as they, you know, test the things. Uh, at least at the event, they you know wore the 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 every man's watch, you know the band. All right, last question I have on the watch, and I think this is one I haven't seen anybody talk about, but I thought it would be I thought it's pretty interesting. Where do you think they're going to assemble them?
1: Yeah, I've gotten this question too. I I's it, it. I think it depends on the mod. I want to say I don't know. It, it's because if, especially if Apple it's Watch
0: Sport Sport, I believe, will be assembled in China at Foxconn or similar type place. I don't know that you can sell a $10,000 watch that is assembled in China. I think in the same way that when in my article, I said like one reason I think I called it Apple Watch instead of iWatch is iWatch sounds like a cutesy thing that costs 350 bucks. does not sound like something, a piece of jewelry you spend $10,000 on. Uh, Assembled in China does not compute to me for a $5,000, $10,000 product. That... And with, and it's a big, and for all their comparisons to the watch world, that's a big deal where watches are made. You know, Swiss made is is the gold standard for, uh, you know, it's just like a sign of quality. You know, it's a badge of call. It's a badge of honor for the whole country in Switzerland. And they've certainly obviously been making making
1: efforts in this regard, and, and especially if they're. um I mean, they see it. How many pieces, the more, the more that, especially with this chip, right? Cause a lot, a lot of the manual labor, um, when it comes to building a computer is still like on the motherboard. And it's still like, like a lot of, a lot of it's like is done by hand because it requires very precise, you know, sort of implementation. And there's been, a, there's been report. You just do a search on Google about like tour of a motherboard factory. I think Anatech has done, has done some of these before. um, Like it's very very manual, and that's where the payoff for having a lower cost labor force pays off in this sort of stuff. If you're building the entire computer on a chip that's you know completely wrapped up in resin, that's by definition the computer is being built entirely by a machine, and it doesn't really matter where you run a machine. Um, It's going to cost you know obviously the the operator costs will will vary, but the sort of person that could operate that sort of machine is going to be almost expensive in china as they are as they
0: are in the united states right and i so i could either see that that this is going to be a huge shift you know that the the mac pro is just the beginning but that maybe they'll be assembled in the u.s and i don't know and at the very least i wouldn't be surprised if the edition edition is assembled in the u.s because again if we are going to sell it for ten thousand dollars They can afford, uh, you know, the difference in hourly wage for the people doing the actual assembly. So, do you think, and and, yeah, it adds to
1: the entire like it's that's an intangible factor, right? Which I think you're driving at. It it means something. to be to have that made made in USA made in USA label even even to people who aren't in the US right it's 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 yeah you made it the point to the watch thing I guess my question for you is is Apple who is Apple targeting are they targeting people who don't wear watches but do carry iPhones or do you think they are very
0: much targeting people who wear watches today I think that they are I don't think they would have invite I think it's both though I think that they they see it as an opportunity they see people who don't wear watches as as uh, I think it's both. It's, you know, hey, the, the, you if you don't wear a watch today, your wrist is already open. So we don't have to convince you to switch watches. We just have to convince you to buy one. Your wrist is already there waiting for it. And I think they're absolutely courting uh, people who already wear watches. I don't think there's any other explanation for the time they spent in the event talking about the iWatch's accuracy, which was baffling to me at first. Because of course, it's accurate. All computers with a clock are incredibly accurate compared to, you know, mechanical watches. Um, you know, my iPhone doesn't lose time. I mean, this stuff about fifty millisecond uh, precision uh, is a little crazy. But I think it's somehow trying to set it up as a watch as a watch guy's watch. Yeah, but I mean, a watch guy doesn't have a watch because it's accurate. That, 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 that I'm still confused. I know. By that. Um, I, 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 uh, I it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm still not sure who that was uh, for. Well, I, I, I
1: think they were trying to land the idea that this is a watch. Like, it, it, like there there is, that is a reason to actually, buy it. The reason to buy it is because it's a watch. Now that I
0: think about it, it wasn't, actually, I guess it wasn't for watch people. It was for the lay person's expectation for what a watch person would care Yeah, exactly. About. They weren't actually speaking directly to watch people, they were expect they're talking to like, the writers in the audience who don't know the Watch World, but their imagination of it is that it's, you know, of course, act, time time accuracy is uh, important.
1: No, I, well, I think uh, to me, I, I really think the most like this question of modularity is is absolutely is is unbelievably fascinating, and I think will completely change if it's true. Would we'll completely change the entire expectation and idea of what this watch is because if it's right. not modular if it's just a a consumer electronics device disposable consumer electronics device i don't think they are really targeting watch people um because they the watch people don't buy watches they buy watches for very like specific reasons that would not be addressed by an apple watch and in this case the edition version the gold version really is just all about skimming off money from people who are willing to throw it at apple in asia and, and which is yeah. i guess it's 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 fine that's fine it's a fine reason to do that it's kind of a a unsatisfying unsatisfying response on the other hand if it is modular, and you're when you buy an edition, you're buying something that Apple is saying will be good for at least what ten years, or maybe ideally a lifetime. Yeah. Um, now you actually are very much targeting, you're you're targeting people who value watches for their intrinsic, like because of
0: because it you're targeting watch guys, and and I think it's about cutting off future watch guys from becoming watch guys and women watch people that that it's you know for young people who've never worn one and as they get more money and they become more successful and they can afford more expensive things that they're not even going to consider a traditional watch because they can go this route and they've already gotten in the habit of wearing one from the sport edition they bought when they were you know in the $350. Well, not market. not just that, but the other reason to th-
1: no, I, I completely agree. Um one other thing that just occurs to me is a reason why Apple might want to do the modular thing is just speaking for myself, uh if it's if it's a throwaway, I'll buy the sport. If it's modular, I'll buy the stainless steel. Like it, it's like it's it's pretty obvious. And I suspect that thinking it's not just that they'll appeal to watch guys, but I think their ability to to lever people up to a higher margin product will be drastically enhanced if they
0: were able to yep.
1: to pull that off
0: and it would explain why that's the 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 mid-price tier is the one that's being show, you know established as the the regular yep. tier no totally the one that just has the plane.
1: And this removes all these, I think this makes all these questions that people are objecting to with the watch, of the why, much less objectionable because now it's not just that Apple is selling a... a a throwaway device like because the, the question of why would you spend money on this is very much tied into the question of why would I spend money on a product that is going to be worthless in two years. That question changes right. very fundamentally if you know you're buying something that has longevity. Like the, the sort of thing like it tells time. And just has a... De- just has a disposable component, right? The, it. It's enough to just be a watch, then, if you know it lasts a long time. It's yeah. enough to just be a health tracker when you know it lasts a long time.
0: I don't understand. I don't not fully aware of the laws surrounding how how and when things need to be said where they're made. It's my understanding though that like it's you have to you have to like things that are made in China have to say made in China when to be sold in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, it's not you know Apple doesn't necessarily choose to to print uh designed by apple in california assembled in china on all its devices like that's uh, there's a legal obligation there the apple watch that they've shown has no printed indic- uh, uh, indication of where they're made there's nothing and if you look at the case back where they have all this nice type uh, stamped into it, it doesn't say that most watches say it on the dial at the bottom of the dial it'll say made in japan or, or swiss made um japanese movement um uh, can they do that in software? I don't know. And and if it's modular, can they have the S1 made in Japan in a Foxconn factory, sealed up and shipped to the U.S. and have the have it put into the watch over here? What would what 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 does that mean? Does that if you know how much of it if the whole S1 was manufactured in china can they still say that the watch is assembled in the u.s because the sapphire and the band and the battery and everything was snapped into place by someone in a? yes the answer is yes
1: uh the iphone says made in china but actually the value of the iphone taiwan and korea especially make way more money off of every iphone than china does the made in china applies to just the final assembly and so they could assemble. Right. In I'm sure it would be the case. Like I mean, Taiwan is like even more so today. Like is very much tied up in the iPhone. No oh, tons of the components are made here. Um, I'm sure would be a similar thing with with the uh, with the watch. Well, but
0: I, all that matters is the final assembly. I think. I think. Then I really do think that at least the edition and i think maybe even the stainless will be assembled in the u.s and that's something that they could add later like
1: because you had they have the printing on the back i would imagine that they would put it there if they did but there's no reason for them to have it now because it's not it's not for
0: sale on the prototypes right not for sale but i i just don't see how you can sell a high-end watch that's made in china And I know that that sort of thinking kind of did in the Swiss industry in the 70s, like when they had their dark ages, when quartz watches first became a thing. One of the reasons they wrote them off was that they were all made in Japan. And they were like, nobody's going to buy a watch from Japan. Japan means crap. You know, it was, you know, the watch industry ran into the same Japanese buzzsaw that the car automotive industry did. You know, nobody's going to buy Japanese cars. Japanese stuff is uh, junk. And, you know, there's that thinking that made in China is sort of a badge of. Well not a shame, but it's not a badge of honor it doesn't stand for quality made in China just means well everything's made in China um, made in the USA means something right and the well the thing is is that the difference with the watch industry in
1: the 70s was there there was no like it was all it was all Switzerland and so this was completely new whereas Apple would be entering an environment now where there the, the expectation of there being a low end is are, is already there um. Right. And so whereas the watch like the Swiss industry had to deal with basically there was a big watch market, they owned it all. And suddenly this whole and like we've we've talked about before, like the consumer market, there's it's bifurcated. It's bifurcated between the high end and the low end. The low end cares only about price. And suddenly there was a new option for price at the low end, and they just couldn't respond. A- Apple that's not gonna be a surprise for Apple. They're they're gonna be there everyone knows that that's the case. And those products are already on the market. There's already the wear devices there. Um I'm not sure if that made sense, but that it made sense in my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's a good it's a good point I made to wrap this up. This is possibly record breaking in length, but there's so much to talk about. Um can't even imagine that I thought last week maybe I'd get to the watch with Renee. Uh Ben Thompson, thank you. So much for being here. Uh, everybody can read Ben on a daily basis, uh, effectively at uh, your website, strategic Strategery, Strategery. Uh, yeah, so I, I have uh, post
1: a couple free articles a week, and then I
0: have the uh, for pay daily update, and it's well worth it. Uh, it is great stuff. You've been killing it all year. Uh, you're a perfect example too of that thing I linked to earlier this week of the best way to be right all the time, or most of the time, is to be willing to change your mind. Uh, you change your mind on a watch in the course of two weeks. You know? <laughs> it's true, I have two. I, you know, but it, I mean that it's a high compliment because it's you know it's human nature not to you know we want to be right at the first time, and it's more important to just keep thinking. Well,
1: it, it's not. I mean, to, we we both might be wrong too. I think that's what's that's what's so. Yeah. It's almost like I've I've already written right. four things about it, and I I feel like I could. I'm always worried about people being bored, but that's what's so. It, we haven't had something of the iPad kind of, but I, I, I feel this is what makes this more compelling than the iPad for me is that it's smaller. And I, and to me, I think that's, that's important. Like it makes it a potentially more meaningful device because portability will always be a key constraint. And, um, it, it's just so fascinating. I, the, it,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, the iPad was not like a wow. I can't believe they could make this. Device. Right, right, exactly. And, and whereas I think the watch is going right, to.
1: and and the, what that means, and people criticize Apple not being a why, but if you think about it, if you think about it, the there's two alternatives. One is that they don't know. Two is that they're so far, their thinking is so far ahead of where our expectations are that we just like we. We can't catch up. And what's fascinating is, one, it could go either way, um, which is makes it really interesting. But two, if they are so far ahead, there's just like there's so much greenfield to even imagine what might be possible and what might be coming. And no, I haven't been this like I don't want to say obsessed, but just like constantly turning over in my head what what a product could
0: be in, in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, exciting stuff to come. All right. Let me thank my three sponsors. Great sponsors this week. We got Ubar. From brawlersoftware.com, B-R-A-W-E-R, software.com, taskbar, dock replacement for the Mac, uh, fracture, at Fractureme.com, get your pictures printed on glass, and uh, uh, third sponsor was NEED at neededition.com. Uh, There's that word, edition again. Uh, men's Magazine, great curated uh, clothes, coffee, gadgets, stuff like that. My thanks to them. Ben, Thanks. Thank you. Uh, I'm hitting stop.